0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs.
1: For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast
0: on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Kerry Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carriker. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. How was the weekend of one Kerry Davis?
3: My weekend was pretty good. I mean, it would have been better had my line i been playing in the Big Ten Championship game. It would have been better. It
2: was still good. And just look at it this way. Your team should have been 11-1. and one. So you can just deal with what your mind tells you rather than what the standings know. tell you. I don't know if that helps.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that actually makes me feel better or, or worse, Randy. It, it's just, it is what it is. We get to go to a good bowl game. So you know, that's a good
2: part of it. But next year, hopefully, we can uh, finish things out the right way. And we are going to talk about bowls later in the show. But I will tell you one thing that is absolutely certain during the bowl season, is that Purdue is going to get drilled in their bowl
3: game. Why, Why wouldn't
2: they? That hey, mean, they, they, they took
3: their loss in the Big Ten Championship game, yeah. and now they get a chance to lose another ball game, and that <laughs> makes me feel better
2: about losing to them. Here's what we got coming up on the show. Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues. How'd you like to have that job? He's going to be with us at 8.15. Oh, Randy. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm
2: just saying.
4: Gotta, he, he's got to work, Randy.
2: He's not shooting pucks or stopping them. What do you want to do? He's got to tell us about that. Uh, the Mizzou coach Eli Drinkwitz at 9.15, and then Danny Mack will be with us at nine forty. Five, talking some Cardinal baseball on this The opening of Baseball's winter meetings in San Diego And hopefully the Cardinals will be able to Accomplish something this week We're going to sign someone? Maybe. Hopefully. 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 Now's the time. (laughs) All right. I'm glued in.
3: I thought free agency started a few weeks ago, but clearly it starts today. At the winter
2: meetings. (laughs) Man, it was a rugged time for the Blues. Saturday night, there in Pittsburgh, and the Penguins rolled the Blues by a score of 6-2. Cappy Kapanen with a hat trick, and the Blues were just generally bad. Coach Craig Berube, his thoughts on the
5: team's performance. Gotta be better. Everybody. Goalie, too. It's not good enough.
2: Agreed, a hundred percent. And if you he, if you didn't see the game, Jordan Bennington was not great, and he allowed three goals in the first period. Was pulled when when he allowed a goal early in the second period, his fourth goal. And as he leaves, he gets a ten minutes ten minute misconduct for jawing at the official. He was uh, throwing a glove into the, the face of a Penguin player. Coach Craig Ruby, what'd you think about his
5: frustration? Yeah, 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 pretty much, and it's got to stop. Would you, would you that like, doesn't help anything. Pardon me. It doesn't help anything. Yeah. Would you like him to just to be more yeah, even Yeah. Just play goal, stop the puck. Pretty simple question and
3: pretty simple ask of a goalie. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of in the job description. Is is if you were to uh, fill out a job description for for goaltender, it would be to stop pucks from going into the net. I think that would be number yep. one. Um, and he didn't do it very well. No. hasn't hasn't been doing it very well. And you know, I know I I, I know that. The, the teammates and the coaches will say you know everyone around him has to be better but he has to be better mm-hmm. as well and this team is 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 struggling mightily right now and you see the frustration from Jordan he he is he is extremely frustrated he's bothered he's not comfortable with what's going on um and it and, and it's and it's leading to losses and so yeah. at some point you know, you got to figure out how we correct this thing because it, it's not good right now.
2: Terry, we can talk all we want about tipped pucks and deflected pucks and how he didn't have a chance and how yeah. he has played well despite the fact that uh, he, he's allowed a lot of bunch of goals. I'm looking big picture here, okay? And this isn't all just tipped pucks. His first year, the Stanley Cup year, his goals against is 1.89. Next year goes up to 2.57. Year after that, up to 2.65. After that, last year, 3.13. This year, 3.27. That's 46th in the NHL. His how, many, say- how many teams are in there in the NHL? Uh, there are 30. Okay. Th- is it 32 now? 30, 30, 32. Yeah, we
6: got 32. 46? 32. Yeah. Yeah, now he's 46. And now it's, uh, yeah, base, it's not great. Baseball and
2: basketball are 30. In the NFL and NHL are 32. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, his save percentage, first year, 927. Down to 912. Down to nine ten in his third year. Down to nine oh one last year. Down to eight ninety five this year. His goals against has gone up. His save percentage has gone down in each of his five seasons in the NHL. And Bennington this year forty fourth in save percentage, forty sixth in goals against, forty fourth in save percentage. That's not going to get it done. I don't care how many tip pucks there are. Those numbers aren't going to get it done. Not at all. And and you know, like I said, it's 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 the entire team. Well, and CD, I look at this team. Tell me if you disagree. Is there anybody on the team where you say, man, that guy at this stage of his career is dramatically underperforming and I expect more and that's going to solve the problem? No, not necessarily.
3: I, I don't see I, one. I asked you off air how many guys on this team were all-stars this season. You said maybe two, maybe three. And then I asked you how many guys you believed were Hall of Famers and you said potentially none. None. And and so any team that I've been on or that I've seen that wins championships generally has that Hall of Fame transcending type of talent on their team. When you're a good team, that, that, mm-hmm. that's just in every sport. That's just how it works. You have to have one of those guys. And if you don't have one of those guys, you're not going to win many games. It's going to be tough to win games when you don't have that guy.
2: And Tarasenko was on a Hall of Fame trajectory, but certainly now he's not going to get to that level Uh, in the rest of his career i would be very surprised i believe what's he have 260 goals in his career that's not going to be enough vladdy's career total uh let me just get the exact number for you here uh he has 258 career goals 284 assists for 542 points and even if he plays four more years he's 31 now he is not going 30 he's going to be 31 next week uh even if he gets to thirty-five, he's if he gets to three hundred goals, if he gets to three hundred twenty goals, that's not Hall of Fame. So, I think that our assessment here is pretty accurate. College football, you're fighting Illini. We'll play Mississippi State in the ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa on January second. Congratulations! I don't like the new name. I, I like the Outback Bowl. It, it
3: meant it meant something. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it was a, it signified Big Ten SEC
2: matchups. Yeah, and I'll bet when you went to the Outback Bowl, you probably went to Outback yeah. and got a free meal. Now, what do you get from ReliaQuest? What is ReliaQuest? Pro, I'm guessing that it's probably some financial Sounds like insurance help. or... Yeah, something like yeah.
1: that. Yeah.
2: Uh, oh, <laughs> six, six, five, seven, eight, eight, pro, you get a free ReliaQuest quote. No obligation. What? ReliaQuest is. <laughs> I have no clue. And... Uh, Mizzou will one-up you because Mizzou's <laughs> playing in the Gasparilla Bowl Do on tell. December 23rd. Do tell if you know what that is. Okay, let's check that out. That's, I, That's I, why we have the I, Google I, machine.
6: I swear, when I when I first heard that prediction uh, in the Brett McMurphy article uh, late last week, I honestly thought there was a misspelling and I was like, the Sarsaparilla Bowl?
0: Yeah. I was
6: like, I've, I've seen Big Lebowski enough to know a little bit about some Sarsaparilla. Is Gasparilla a plant? Here we
2: go. I think it is, yeah. Uh, let's see. College football game played in Tampa. Uh, was played at the at Tropicana Field in St. Pete. Renamed the Gasparilla Bowl as a nod to the legend of Jose Gaspar, a mythical pirate who supposedly
6: operated in the Tampa uh. Bay area. A mythical pirate. Mm-hmm. He's the last of the... Oh, it looks like... honestly wow. The picture I'm looking at honestly looks like this is who they modeled the Buccaneer from like the original Buccaneers 1970s orange logo. Oh, nice. This looks like, honestly, okay. who they could have modeled it off of. Sure. I'm well, good with it. He was the well, last of the Buccaneers. Both teams play in
3: Tampa, which is something. Yeah. Man, if you're an Atlanta and Mizzou fan, maybe yeah. you just stay down there for down a week. Go down for a little while, spend so, Christmas in Tampa. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. If, if
6: if he's a Spanish pirate, is it, is it Gasparilla ball? Oh, probably. There's that's a good point. I'm just saying the L is silent.
2: I, I, that's I, all I, I'm just I, saying. I he's
3: a Spanish pirate. This is interesting,
2: guys. My opinion: top four college football, the uh, college football playoff. Number one: Georgia. Number two: Michigan. Number three: TCU. Number four: Ohio State. I believe they got it right. I do too. Uh, TCU took a tough loss in
3: overtime to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game, first loss of the season. It would be difficult to put a two-loss team in Alabama over mm-hmm. them, seeing the way that they lost. Had they gotten blown off, the the, the USC Trojans got the doors blown off of. That was yeah. uh, a, a, a terrible display. Utah just really took it to them the entire game. Um, but the way that TCU lost that game, I, I think they still deserve to be in the Final Four, and, and therefore
2: the, the committee kept them in. One thing about USC, and by the way, this is – A thing with Lincoln Riley's Alex Grinch defenses happened at Oklahoma when they would make it to the playoffs, too, once they would get out of the Big 12. And Utah's a tough, physical team. You got to be able to tackle. If you're going up against a tough physical offensive team, you got to be able to tackle, and USC just could not tackle on Friday night. Well, Utah was just
3: tougher. I mean, yeah. even even the play where uh, Caleb Ryzen, their Utah's quarterback, got his helmet knocked off, he got lit up. It was one of those hits where I screamed, and <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> I don't know. When I watch football and I see certain things, I tend to let out shouts because I'm so excited. <laughs> and and, and he, he popped right up. Yeah. helmet on, popped up, and it didn't phase him. And so when your quarterback can take a shot like that, it, it lets you know you have a tough, dang on team, and they really were – they, they out physical USC in every facet of the game.
2: Yep. So Georgia will play Ohio State, and Michigan will play TCU in the semifinals. Meanwhile, college basketball – uh, Sunday last night, Mizzou beats SIU Edwardsville 96 89 at uh, Mizzou Arena in Columbia. Saturday, Slew with a big win over SIU Carbondale 85 72. And back on Friday night, your Illini were uh, winners on uh, over Maryland. So go no, go. We, go. we oh, lost. You, oh, you lost. We lost yeah, to Maryland. Come on, I was hey. going to try to give you some nah, credit We, there. we lost, we Maryland, lost Maryland. Maryland yeah. now at 2 and 0
6: against the, against the opening drive right now in basketball. And I, frankly, I, I don't. I don't I don't appreciate okay. it. I don't appreciate it. Sorry. I'm going to have a talk with Alexa Dad. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Let's get this straightened out. No doubt oh, about she it. would definitely be bragging, huh? Yes, you yeah. would. Yes, she would. Yes, she would. <laughs> and
2: uh, finally, last night, if you didn't hear or didn't get a chance to see Sunday Night Football, it was not a good night for the Indianapolis Colts. They lost to the Cowboys 54-19. to Yeah. Ooh, I, I, how about them Cowboys? How, how about it? They are,
3: they are surprising, Randy. And I, I, I will say that right. I did not expect them to be... I just expected them to be ho-hum, just kind of buzz through as they have, normally have. And they're, they're playing extremely well and putting themselves in a position—they they probably won't catch the Eagles, but putting themselves in
2: a position that if they play them in the playoffs, it could be a very, very good game. And with Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season now, yeah, it looks like Dallas and Philadelphia in the NFC. All due respect to Minnesota. All due respect.
6: Uh, one of my favorite Twitter followers is a guy named Roger Sherman. He uh, throws out a lot of great stats for everything, and he threw out one of the best ones I've ever seen in that game last night. The 33-point fourth-quarter score difference in last night's game is the tide for these, tied for the biggest in NFL history. It is tied for a game between the Chicago Cardinals and the Milwaukee Badgers from 1925. Wow. Wow. That is unbelievable. That's how – I mean, literally a historic – just getting your teeth kicked in in the fourth quarter for the Colts yesterday.
2: Yeah, the uh, the Colts were yeah, not great, <laughs> and they did. Uh, the, the Cowboy defense came through. I mean, everything. It was it was an impressive performance by Dallas. I just hope, I just hope they don't win.
6: Um, <laughs> not great.
2: No. So we're off and running here on the opening drive, Monday, December fifth, twenty twenty two. Coming up, three things we loved about the weekend on 101 ESPN.
0: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: All right, three things that we loved about the weekend. Number three. All right, CD, I loved the chaos in college football. I was hoping that it would result in more changes in the college football playoff because of one game, but you had USC, as we mentioned, getting drilled by Utah on Friday night, then TCU losing on Saturday afternoon to K-State in overtime. It really could have thrown a wrench into what the college football playoff committee was trying to do. Fortunately for them, Michigan winning big and Georgia winning big made things easier because you had either undefeated or one-loss teams. You weren't going to put a two-loss team like Alabama in. To the playoffs so Ohio State doesn't have to do anything and they move up to number four and I really do like the two matchups that they have for the semifinals I like Georgia and Ohio State and I like Michigan and TCU I'm, I'm intrigued to see how good TCU really is out of the Big 12 and the Ohio State fans hate their coach and I'm really interested to see how they react when their team gets beat by twenty-one by Georgia.
3: No way they were gonna let uh Michigan and, and Ohio State be three and four so they would no. play, I mean two and three so they were playing that, that semifinal game. They they were gonna have to allow them to play in a championship game if they were both gonna win. Yeah. yeah.
2: I love having the things that we don't expect to happen. Happen in sports, and that's yeah, what it was. Definitely, Uh my number one for
3: for I mean, my number
2: three
3: uh was yesterday watching the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Tennessee Titans and the manner in which they handled their business. Jalen Hurts, if if he's not you know number one, he's he's got to be two for for MVP candidate because yesterday's game he threw for three hundred plus yards, three hundred eighty yards, three touchdowns, rushed for another one. And this Eagles team is sitting at 10 and 1, um, 11 and 1, excuse me, and they are just really rolling. And to play that Tennessee Titans team and uh, and hold one Derrick Henry to 11 carries for 30 yards, it tells you defensively they went out and got Limbale Joseph, they got Ndomikin Sue, Jordan Davis is back. That front, those are big men up front that they do not allow people to run the football. That is a recipe for success when you are able to run the ball. They did really well last week running the ball. Um, um, The Tennessee Titans were not going to allow them to do that this week. A.J. Brown going against his former team had a great Mm -hmm. game as well. Eight eight catches for 119 yards and two touchdowns. Just really rolling and surprising me that they are still playing at such a high level the way that they are
2: and not seeming to slow down at at, at one bit. And, Kerry, not many teams in the NFL – in this day and age, have a great offensive line. The Eagles have a great yep. offensive line. Lane Johnson is healthy. Kelsey is playing great Violata. Their left tackle has he you talk about a monster. And you played with Max Starks who's yeah. a monster. Violata's yeah. like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's the same kind of Big guy. Fellas. Yeah. And it looks to me like uh, Jalen Hurts is fresh as a daisy. He's he's not getting hit, and you saw his gritty, his dance after his touchdown <laughs> run. He looks like a guy who's playing on opening day. He's having a good
3: time, and when you're having fun and playing well, uh, you tend to win games.
2: Number 2. CD, I really liked having the big crowd, and I know that some of those were SIU Carbondale fans over at Fitz Arena on Saturday. But SLU rolls the Salukis 85-72, and one of the fun things about watching Billiken basketball right now is counting Yuri Collins' assists, and Matthew was at the game. Yuri finished with 14. I think he easily could have come up with... 19 there there were three layups that were missed and then two three-pointers that Jimerson usually hits that he didn't hit I think that this is a guy that
6: could average better than 18 assists a game. Do you agree with me that the, there were five left on the table? Yeah, and honestly, he finished the first half with 10. I mm-hmm. think he should have finished the first half with probably 13 or 14 right. and then he probably should have gotten five or six uh, instead of just the three he got in the second half as well. He's unbelievable, but also the thing you're pointing out there is the Billigans have a legitimate layup problem. Yeah, they do. insane when you think about uh, it being college basketball and them having a layup problem. But, I mean, they really right now have, have trouble finishing at the hoop or else he would have had probably 22 or 23 yeah. borderline the NCAA record, which is 24 um, the other night against Tennessee State. And, he, yeah, I think he would have had close to 20 again
2: but he's fun to watch and he's worth the price of admission. Good Amen. crowd on Saturday. Hopefully good crowds uh, next weekend when they come back home after this trip to Iona. For my number
3: 2 is Joey B. Joey Burrow is a man amongst men, and, and watching him play football is exciting to me. He is 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes, never lost to him, versus the Kansas City Chiefs. 3-0 against the, the, the vaunted Kansas City Chiefs team that seems to run through everyone, and for some reason they are finding issues with this Cincinnati Bengals team. Um, Samaji P. Ryan, you have Ooh. Joe Mixon who is out with a concussion. Samaji comes in and runs the ball to the tune of 106 yards on 21 carries. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, <laughs> Tyler Boyd, they have so many players on this offense and then don't forget about the defense but it all starts with Joey Burrow he is as cool as they come you know when he won the national championship in the Heisman you you really thought that you know, maybe this is an act. Maybe this was just a good uh, a college team with a lot of great players. You got Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson on your team. You're, 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 you're going to be the best team. But he is the he seems to be the one, the engine that gets that entire thing going at LSU and now in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He's just a special, special talent. And to watch him play football, not have any uh, stress in his life when he's playing, he looks like he's he's just out there having a good time. And it's, not, it's, it's worry-free football.
2: Cd, I never looked closely enough because he was a third down back, and I figured he's he's five ten and two hundred and ten pounds. I didn't realize that Samadji P Ryan is 5'11, 235. Oh yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a, a nice big fella. Guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not he's
3: not a small fella, and he yeah. he runs hard. He runs behind his pads. He runs downhill. And when you have Joe Mixon out, like I said, you assume that the running game is not going to be as successful. They ran the ball right at at, at Kansas City yesterday, mm-hmm. and Joey B made some timely throws. T Higgins made a great contested catch for the for the uh first down to seal the game like these guys have a lot of and jamar chase we talk a lot about uh uh, uh, justin jefferson Mm -hmm. jamar chase made a one-handed catch on the sideline that he was out of bounds on that was absolutely amazing um you know these guys have so much talent it's going to be fun to watch them uh these next three four years play
2: that lsu championship team was pretty good uh, it was really, I mean, yeah. Yeah, they were really good. <laughs> they they, they, they had, had some players. A few guys. Yep. Had a few. Number one. All right. Uh, CD, the definition at uh, merriamwebster.com for pox, a pox upon you is a disastrous evil and it is a pox upon the baseball writers that they didn't take it upon themselves to vote fred mcgriff into baseball's hall of fame it took a special committee last night to vote the crime dog into the hall of fame this is a guy that had 493 career home runs 1550 rbis he had a uh, 272 career average 306 career on base uh, he slugged 577, he he was just a fantastic player, had an 886 uh, OPS in his career. His, his slash line was 284-377-509, 886 OPS. And it's about time, at the age of 59, that the Crime Dog, Fred McGriff, is voted into baseball's Hall of Fame. It should not take a contemporary committee to get him into the Hall of Fame. The writers should have put him in. And this is one of the things, when Crime Dog has to be put in by a special committee, that makes me think that the Baseball Hall of Fame voting process needs to be overhauled. It's ridiculous that he didn't get in before now, thank goodness that he did, and it's one of the things I loved about the weekend that the crime dog did get voted in last night. Yeah, f-
3: good for him! Awesome that he finally got in. You said that had he got to five hundred, you think it would have been a no brainer, right? Uh, but he's seven home runs away, so it, it should still be a no brainer um, from from that. But to finally get in, to finally get voted in the way that should have happened years ago is is good for him. Crime dog was, I mean, he, he, what what better nickname, Fred McGriff, the crime dog? Could you right. could you have? You you gotta love the nickname and love right. the player. It was fun to watch him play baseball.
2: Yeah, he he was fantastic. And, oh, by the way, Clemens and Bonds are not ever getting into the Hall of Fame. That was made abundantly clear yeah, last night yeah. when they both got less than four of the 16 available votes. Not going to happen. No. Nah, that
3: ship has sailed. Yeah. Uh, my number one for me is, is Deion Sanders going to Colorado. Um, just, you know, I, there has been a lot of... Anger, angst in, in terms of him leaving Jackson State. And, and when you think about all of the things that that man did for that university, for that city, for that state, they those things cannot be taken back. And he really laid down the foundation, the blueprint for any coach that comes after him to say, hey, if I just stay on this path, we can continue to have this type of success and really set it up for all of the HBCUs. If they decided to follow in that direction in that same path, he did such an outstanding job for the state, for the city, for that university. And to now allow himself and his sons to go play and work at uh, the University of Colorado, University, I am I am extremely happy. If you looked at my my bio uh, when I got to the Mm -hmm. University of Illinois, it asked favorite player. Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders was my favorite player in football, one of my favorite players of all time just because of the way he carried himself. And the one thing that I love most about Deion Sanders is his his ability to know who he is he understands when he walks in the room who he is to other people he understands who he is to himself and just the ability to to carry himself and and project light in any room that he sits in and stands in and those young men in Colorado are going to be better for it those that stay if you did not watch his his initial mm-hmm. uh team meeting with the players it was shocking off for those young men because they had never had someone speak to them he's a hall of fame Football player, a Hall of Fame person, and a gonna be a Hall of Fame coach at some point because he is
2: just a leader of men, a leader of young
3: men, and I'm I'm looking forward to see what he's able to
2: do at Colorado. Do you know anybody that's on his daily text string? He he sends out words of wisdom really? and yeah, and uh, just really impressive motivational phrases every single mo- single morning. And there's hundreds of people really on this text wow. line that he's got that's going, amazing. but. This is first of all every single non power 5 coach wants to be a power 5 coach. I don't know why anybody would begrudge him this opportunity, but the other thing is is he says that he wants to provide more opportunities for minority coaches. Yeah. He's going to hire minorities to be assistants at Colorado. They'll get more opportunities because yep. that team is winning. He's doing it for all the right reasons. And he opened up another job opportunity for minority
3: coaches at exactly, Jackson State yeah. by him leaving. So, yes, you are correct. He, he's opening doors for people. And, and those that, that that have, I guess, vitriol or, or, or anger because he left, he did what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and no person would would stay at a job when they have an opportunity to go get a different job that may provide more money, more things that more opportunities. So so you know for for anyone that has anger or upset about Dion what he did, take a look at yourself hey. and ask yourself would you what would you if you what would you do if you were in that situation?
2: It's not that different from Eli Drinkwitz leaving Appalachian State to go to Missouri. There
3: you go. I mean, you build
2: something up and then you get an opportunity yeah. to go somewhere else. You have to take the opportunity. Every coach does it. Yep. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Those are three things we loved about the weekend. Next up, did the college football playoff committee get it right? And what bowl matchups intrigue us the most? That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: If you look good, you feel If you feel good, you perform good. If you perform good, what comes next? They pick me. Back to the opening drive podcast
0: on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. When you have two losses and you're sitting there on the outside, on the bubble, at the end of the day... This was rewarding PCU for a regular season win against what is now the Big 12 champions and Ohio State's two wins against Notre Dame and a top 10 team in Penn State that trumps Alabama's best wins at Texas and Mississippi State.
2: ESPN's Heather Dinich on the top four in college football being Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State, and Kerry Alabama, despite the protestations of one Nick Saban, is left out of the final four. My guess is, though, if that if you ask Nick Saban today in a private moment, do you really deserve to be in there? He'd probably say, no, we, we lost two games, and yeah, they were on the last play of the game, but yeah, I, I'd... I don't know how you could put it – if you're on that committee, how do you put a two-loss Alabama in above any of those one-loss or undefeated teams?
3: I think I think he would say yes, and I think he would say because we played a tougher schedule than, than, uh, than TCU did, um, and he would probably say than uh, Michigan or, or Ohio State did. Now, that would be his opinion, but th- I think he would still believe that his team having the opportunity to play against any of those teams would be favored and uh, against any of those teams other than Georgia that are in
2: the final four. I just believe he he believes that and he might not be wrong. I well, he might have a team that yes, would be favored against TCU. But the fact of the matter is TCU did have a stronger strength of schedule and suffered only one loss and I do think that the wins are a big part of this too. The, mm-hmm. the lack of big time quality wins for Alabama hurts them as well. But I I would say that 99.9% of the people, maybe 995 because maybe that 0.5% that are Alabama fans, they won't agree here. Yeah, they, but, I mean, they want their team in, but, you know. I don't see how anybody could rationally say, though, unless you're an Alabama fan, that the CFP got it right. Even with the, the rankings, Georgia's been number one most hmm. of the year. Michigan clearly is the only under other undefeated team and they won at Ohio State. TCU only suffered one loss and it was in overtime to a really good Kansas State team. And then Ohio State, a one loss team and they lost to the number two team. Right.
3: I mean I think as you look at it, it definitely um is there are the right four teams to, to have the opportunity to play for a championship. And, and on the outside looking in, you're going to have Alabama, you're going to have Tennessee, mm-hmm. who feels like, you know, Tennessee probably, if our quarterback doesn't go down versus South Carolina, maybe we're still uh, in, this, in this situation to have an opportunity to win a championship. But I, I do agree, TCU played their butts off. They lost by three in overtime to Kansas State, and it's their only loss of the season. They still deserve to be in and have an opportunity to
2: win a championship. ESPN's Adam Rittenberg on Alabama missing out. They
4: are a great collection of talent. I don't know if they're a great team. I think that's what everyone has to remember, the people that are arguing, well, they're one of the four best teams. No, 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 no. You're a great collection of talent. You might have the best offensive player in the country and the best defensive player in the country in Bryce Young and Will Anderson Jr., but as a team, you didn't play to your capability nearly enough, and that's why you're sitting at home, at least for the playoff, and deservedly so. You have to show up on a regular basis in this sport uh, you know, against really good teams and against not-so-good teams, and Alabama didn't do that enough. And so they're exactly where they belong on the outside looking in.
2: I will be really interested to see how Kansas State stacks up to Alabama in the All-State Sugar Bowl that's going to be played on January Uh, Let's see, that is a December 30th game December No, I'm sorry, December December 31st 31st. Uh, I'm intrigued to see how Alabama and K-State match up That's
3: going to be a good game And and so here's where Alabama is going to lose me Because you're going to have some of those kids opt out of the bowl You're going to have kids that are entering the transfer portal So when Kansas State beats the hell out of them which they probably will, kind of like what UCF did versus, was it LSU? Yes. A few years back. Yep. Uh, everyone in SEC country, SEC land, oh, they didn't care about that bowl. They didn't care. You you, you have the best team, uh, allegedly, mm-hmm. uh, according, so you can't have it both ways. When Kansas State <laughs> thumps them and Deuce Vaughn rushes for 145 yards and a couple of touchdowns, has one receiving, they are going to say that they did not prepare or they, they, they weren't, they didn't care about the game, but Kansas State does care about that game, and I think they will
2: go in there and take care of business. That would be a huge feather in the cap of the Big 12. It definitely if would Kansas be. Kansas State would be able to beat them, and if Bryce Young doesn't play, then all bets are off, right? Well,
3: yeah. yeah. They, they, but but if you're Alabama, you have four-star, five-star backups, correct? You're supposed to. So you, you, that's what you, that's what yep. you build your, your, your team on and how great you are in that SEC. You should have an opportunity to beat whoever you play.
2: Now, I, I like the idea of group of five teams getting an opportunity. I really do. But I think it's kind of unfair to have Tulane playing against USC.
1: Yeah, that
3: doesn't seem right. I saw that (laughs) and I was like, "Eh, uh, that That just... It doesn't match up with the theme of all of the other uh, (laughs) New Year's Day games. It just didn't feel right. The Penn State-Utah game, I think, is going to be a very good one. We saw Utah versus USC on Saturday. Penn State only has two losses, and those are against Michigan and Ohio State. And so they are a very good team as well. Um, And so I think that's going to be a really physical football game. And those two two teams will play a really good
2: game. Purdue had no chance against Michigan. What are they going to do against LSU in the Citrus Bowl? Nothing. Nothing. They're just
3: there, you know. <laughs> just, I would have loved to, to have played uh, LSU in that in that in that uh, Citrus Bowl over over Mississippi State.
2: Really? Yeah, I would have. That would have been fun. And yeah. you know what? I think the the coaching matchup there and the the type the style would have been a really yeah. interesting yeah. matchup.
3: We lost to Purdue though. That's why they got that that bowl and we didn't.
2: Okay, let's touch on a couple of more Iowa and Kentucky in the Music City Bowl. I know what you think of Iowa, and I kind of think the same thing of Kentucky. I think Kentucky is, because of what Mark Stoops has built there, they're a couple, a couple of notches above Mizzou now. And Iowa, I think, is essentially a, a really good Mizzou.
3: Iowa, yes. Uh, if you If you don't like offense— yeah, <laughs> if you just it was a lot, a lot of this year for Mizzou. Yeah, but at, at times they had guys they could throw the ball to and make yeah. good plays. Iowa is. Is at times a snooze fest watching them play football. It's like or uh, yeah. what is, It's like what I, I didn't watch football in the fifties or sixties uh-huh. when when before we actually opened the game up. But I would have to assume that a lot of that was was what Iowa is doing now.
2: I think the transfer portal should allow K Mcnamara to be able to play for right Iowa in the now, bowl game. Now, please <laughs>
3: let him play
2: Tennessee and Clemson. And by the way, Ungalalei is going into the transfer portal. I don't know if he'll be available for Clemson in that game.
6: You know, it. It's, you want to
2: give me the real name?
6: No, Ugalay, no, 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 you, 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 you did fine on ukulele. that one. I just think it's it's just <laughs> the way that Dabo handled the quarterback situation, yeah. especially at the end of the year, was just. Yeah. I'll be back up back It was not a veteran handling of it. He should
3: have done it uh, yes. earlier in the season, yes. or maybe even last season. He 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 waited and allowed DJ to to continue to try to figure things out. And at some point, you had to realize he it was not
2: going to happen. Yeah, and and it didn't. Uh, so it's backup quarterback against backup quarterback, Tennessee against Clemson in that game. That'll be fun. A couple of other ones that I'm intrigued by, and two two programs that were once just top shelf who have descended into mediocrity will play in the Cheez-It Bowl, and apologize to you if you're a Cheez-It fan. But those two teams fit in a mediocre bowl. The Cheez It Bowl. Cheez Its are mediocre. The Bowl's mediocre. Oklahoma is mediocre. Florida State's mediocre. Whoa,
3: I think Cheez Its are a little bit above mediocre, but these two teams are not. I, I agree with that sentiment. Those two teams, Florida State, Oklahoma, they they are just they are just two teams right now, mm-hmm. and playing in the Cheez It
2: Bowl. So yeah. And then I want to get your take on any other games that intrigue you, but we thought it might be Mizzou and Kansas in the Liberty Bowl. It's Arkansas and Kansas in the Liberty Bowl. Mizzou beat Arkansas. And hey, you can drive to Memphis from a lot of Arkansas in 45 minutes. So there'll be a ton of Arkansas fans there. So they'll sell a lot of tickets. But I still think that that game would have been better had it been Mizzou in Kansas.
3: Well, we, we had a report last week that Mizzou didn't want to play yeah, know. Kansas know. in a ball game. Know. And and so whether or not that's true, I think Mizzou came out after our show and said that that is false. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, somebody's lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody is not telling the truth. Uh, and, and so maybe that had something to do with why Kansas is playing Arkansas as opposed to playing Mizzou. Any other bowls that uh, catch your fancy? Nah, I, I think the, um, you know, I'm looking at the, it was, what, where did it go? I just lost it. I can't I've just been it. thinking about
6: how I want this exact carbon copy season to happen in 2024. Because everything would have been fantastic. Everything, including down to the two-lane being 12. This would have been a perfect season if you extrapolate the, the, the playoff. And... Listen, I'm excited for this top four. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It was just insane when there was a point last night right before Michigan kicked off where I asked you guys, what happens if Michigan would lose this game? And then slowly as the game started, all the all the college football talking heads on Twitter were like, oh, this game doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> and it was kind of the consensus in our tweets as well. It was like, oh, this game doesn't really matter. We had an odd feeling the entire time knowing that really this doesn't change the rankings at all no matter what happens here. How about what Michigan does in the second half? By the way, they're pretty good in the second half.
3: They are. They are running the football extremely well. Yeah. And that
6: kid Donovan Edwards is a is a
3: stud. He is a a football player and whenever Blake Corum decides to go on to mm-hmm. better, bigger, better things they, Michigan will be in good hands for the foreseeable future. And
2: future. we'll have a ton of the bowl action right here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 Take it or leave, it. it's coming your way on 101 ESPN
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN
0: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers it's time for Take It
1: or Leave It. I want to say something? To put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 65780 and give us your Take
0: It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing.
1: That's my final offer. Take it or leave
0: it.
2: Super Bowl champ, Carrie Davis and Matthew Rocky. I'm Randy Carricker. It's time for Tioli. Get your text in now to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. CD, the St. Louis Blues are currently six points behind third place Minnesota in the Central Division and five points out of the last wild card spot in the Western Conference. Take it or leave it at any point during the rest of this season. The Blues are in a playoff spot. Oh, <sighs> mm. I'm leaving at it. Any point? At any point,
3: I want to take it because I think there is that they're, they're going to waffle on the 500 line mm-hmm. the entire season. So there will be a team that dips below them at some point. It, it won't be because they have such a great run and take off and and do you know uh, make a miraculous run for it. But I, I'll take I'll I'll leave it. Okay. I think they will be
2: in the playoffs at some point. Right now, the Blues have Nashville, Calgary, and Vancouver between them and the final playoff spot, and they're only two points ahead of San Jose. I'm unfortunately I'm going to leave this. Eh, okay, and it's because we'll ta- we'll talk later. It's because of their record against playoff quality teams. It's not great.
3: Okay, Randy. So tonight is a matchup. I guess you can call it that. The <laughs> <laughs> Buccaneers and the Saints, um, and. The NFC South does not have a team above 500. If if mm. if the uh, Buccaneers were to lose, they still would not have a team above 500 after this game. The NFC East has 4 teams that are above 500. The NFC West has 2 and the NFC North has 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 1. Take it or leave it. They should not be allowed into the playoffs if a team has a below 500 record and they win their division.
2: Totally leave it. Leave totally it. leave it. Yeah. The, absolutely, you start the season with the goal of winning your division, and if you win your division with a record of seven and nine, then did you that's really win your division?
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, you, is it, is it, is it the other team's fault that that your division is terrible and now a a seven and five or potentially eleven and what's that six? six? Yeah. Uh, Washington Commanders team. Well, they won't eleven five and one because mm-hmm. they lost. They tied yeah. one. Won't be in the. Won't be in the playoffs.
2: Is that. Is that. Is that fair? Well, if Washington wanted to be in the playoffs, they could have won their division. Ah. Eh. I hate it. I hate that
3: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are leading the division at five and six. And you hoped for chaos mm-hmm. in the college football playoffs. I hope that New Orleans comes out and kicks uh, Tampa's teeth in tonight. CD,
2: you are aware of the fact <laughs> that if it's not for the rules where a team can make the playoffs just because they win their division, even if they're seven and nine, back in the day, we would have never had beast mode.
3: Nah. Uh, okay. I'll give you that. That was a. That was a. That was a hell of a play. <laughs> One play.
6: (laughs) But it was worth it. It was worth it. (laughs) Also, I wouldn't have nightmares about that one game in Seattle as much. Oh, Denario. Come on,
2: Denario. You got to be better than that. Catch that ball.
6: The man has no knees, Randy. Give him a break. He
3: does not Uh, have... You know what? He he (laughs) has knees. He just doesn't have cartilage and, and and ligaments in said knees. And how did that affect the <laughs> hands
6: that <laughs> dropped the ball? Just saying, he was already out there doing some pretty impressive it, things. not with ed- your hands. He did. was opening <laughs> an NFL game without any ligaments in his knees. Give the man some credit. <laughs> he uh, should have caught the ball. Gotta man. catch the ball. <laughs> Unbelievable.
2: Oh man, when you can find a drop on YouTube, you got problems. Uh, Matthew, <laughs> oh. you can. It's there.
6: Yeah, I'm aware. Uh, oh. Matthew,
2: what do you got on the text line?
6: Oh, take it or leave it. Bitter's gonna keep messing around and get benched. Leave it. Binner's gonna keep oh. messing around and get benched. Yeah, yeah, I'll leave it. I mean, Believe you're it. T- Bench him, <laughs> for- <laughs>
1: Bench him for benching yeah,
2: for
6: no. Yeah, I mean, does Joel Hofer make
2: his way up though? No, yeah. And Binner does have a contract, so yeah, he's gonna unfortunately for the way things are going, he's gonna play for you for a while.
6: Yeah, I don't think you want to overexpose Hofer to what the defense is allowing right yeah, now. No. either. that mm-hmm. that that's not gonna go well. Take it or leave it. Goldfish are better than Cheez-Its. Oh, not a fan leave of leave it. I'm gonna leave it. It's I,
3: essentially the the it's are more cheesier.
6: Yeah, they are. Yeah. Really, are you a fan of any cheese baked snack, cheese based snack?
2: Um, works as well. Well, does this include Cheetos, crunchy Cheetos? <laughs> yes, that would include Cheetos, mm. they're
3: fabulous. We, I'll give you Cheetos. I like Cheetos. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I, would, I would still take Cheez Its. Uh, How about, uh, like the, okay. the, the, the the small bag of cheeses, you you might grab a couple of them. You only need one, but you might grab a few. Okay, I got a couple. So of are
2: uh, you're, so.
6: you're opening that oven. housing it aren't you? All right, no you're question. And, and, just, and, and yep. getting all of
2: the crumbs at the yeah. bottom. No Cheez- question. Cheez- it's or Ritz Bits. I'm still going Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its or ritz Bits with peanut butter. Oh, Randy, that's you're it's the
6: tiny little ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm not Those a big awesome. Cheez-Its person, so I'm taking the ritz Bits. Those ritz Bits uh, are great. I forgot about ritz Yeah. It's <laughs> a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. The Blues do not get back to 500 by season ends. I'll agree. I'll take that. No. Oh. Don't get back to five hundred. Yeah,
2: don't get back to five hundred. This is a bad month, man. We talked about it last week. You, know, in the entire month, they only play one team that's not a playoff team.
3: Alrighty, well, that
2: that that is
3: that is it, it's December. I know you still got a lot of season left ahead of you. You got months you, ahead of. You.
2: you remember when I when they played Philadelphia and I said that's about as good as they can play?
3: <laughs> Do. That was what game was that in the losing
2: streak? Was that 7? I think it was 7, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I I really don't think they're and it's not a lack of effort on the part of the front office. Things just have conspired against the Blues and I don't see anybody on this team where Either I say, man, that person's dramatically underperforming and that's going to change things. And I don't th- see anybody where they're doing things where I say, that's not real. Like bushnevich I, I called that, mm-hmm. right? He's playing great. And Kyrou and Thomas, those guys. And I-, I think, unfortunately, you've reached a point now where you're over 30 guys, especially O'Reilly and Shen and Krug have kind of fallen off the cliff. It, giving up the, the fact that they give up three goals
3: in a period so often
2: is disturbing. Alarming. Yeah, very well, disturbing. The, the coaching, the loss of Jim Montgomery is greater than I anticipated mm. it was going to be.
6: Absolutely, we got two Cardinals ones here, and they're kind of very different thought process. The first one, take it or leave it: Sean Murphy, Cody Bellinger, Jose Quintana, and a bullpen arm makes the Cardinals a World Series contender. Take it. Uh. I'm going to I'm
3: going to leave it for my own selfish reasons because I don't you, want. China is Mercury. there a
6: magic guarantee in there that makes Jack Clarity yeah. healthy? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah.
2: <laughs> Did you guys see by the way Cody Bellinger working out with Matt Holliday yeah, out in Stillwater?
6: Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, um, and here's the other side: take it or leave it. If the Cardinals only grab a big name catcher, they are worse than last year. I'll
2: take, take that leave if you because you don't have pool holes, right? And. You got some things last year. Uh, maybe if Tyler O'Neill is healthy and Jordan Walker winds up being better. But if you get a catcher, I mean, you got a really nice month, a winning month of August out of uh, Dickerson, mm-hmm. who's not back. So yeah, there's a lot of things that they need to do. And they do need to add more arms, whether it is a Quintana or more bullpen arms. They just right now don't have enough arms.
6: Take it or leave it. George is the new top dog for years to come over Bama.
2: Boy, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it, too.
6: Uh, the fact that they lost
3: – how many players did they lose in the draft last year? In the five, first round five
2: defensive first rounds. Alone.
3: And you and are, didn't you include are, George
2: Pickens in the second round.
3: And you are right back to where you were last season. Lost and maybe have game. a, a – a, you may be better than you were last season. So I, I, I'll – I'll take that. They they are going to be they are in the mode of of what uh, what Bama well, was when they were recruiting and, and getting those five star kids and left and right.
2: Here's another two things. Number one, Nick is about seventy, all right. And Georgia is right there adjacent to Atlanta's nil money. Mm-hmm. What's Tuscaloosa adjacent to for nil money? What what in the state of Alabama? What big companies are helping out Alabama in the nil? It's really tough. You've got to have big companies to help out in the NIL world. And I don't know that Alabama's going to have that sort of support. Alabama may be the biggest company. <laughs> yeah, right. In, in Alabama, the, the university. Yeah, no no <laughs> doubt about it. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks, Randy. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we've got a few rumors for you from the MLB winter meetings. That's coming your way next.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
0: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: A fresh perspective on the day's
0: top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnooks. Download the Schnucks Rewards app today.
2: Are underway in San Diego and John Heyman reporting that the Dodgers and the Mets are the two frontrunners at the moment for Justin Verlander. They've both offered massive two-year deals, but Verlander Kerry wants a big three-year deal and a team that will offer the third year apparently will get Verlander and he's the choice of the Dodgers and Mets over Carlos Rodon who will probably go to the loser of those sweepstakes and Rodon will get a big deal too. The Mets would be really interesting if they have Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander at the front of their rotation, a couple of 40-year-old guys. And
3: 40-year-old guys that are still playing and performing very well, um, it it, it seems as though they they are not having any issues in terms of arm issues or health or or slowing down. So I don't know that you give – you say a three-year deal? That's what he's looking for. I I don't know that you give a 40-year-old a three-year deal. I I just don't – I don't think that 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 makes a lot of sense and depending on how much – he's going to want 15, 20 million a year, more than that, somewhere around. Well, well, he's going to want 40. A year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. For the next three years? Yeah. Do you pay Scherzer, that? Scherzer got it. I don't. I don't. I don't. There's he, no way. He's got a new arm, Kerry. He just he, hit Tommy John. He wasn't the, so young. No. Uh, at some point, right here, I was thinking about this earlier. So, I, Because I was thinking about... U.S. soccer and how every four years it's so hard, you know, your body changes so much in four years as a, as a professional athlete, as a, as a human in, in, in walking around in normal day life but as a professional athlete for four years at, at 40, Randy as a professional athlete at some point it's gonna fall off the yep, arm, yep, it's yep. gonna stop, I don't know when that is it might be 42 in three days it might be 40 in, in 350 days, I don't know, but at some point It's going to say, hey, buddy, enough is enough. And if you're paying someone $40 million a year yeah, and they're 40 years old. It's going to come back to bite you. It's going to bite you right in the ass. It it has no – it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's going to bite you, no doubt. It will. I'm just telling you. The the body does things that you – Randy. you wake up some morning and I'm sure you're like, how the heck – what the hell did I do to yeah. hurt that? Yeah. Now imagine going out every day throwing a baseball, running, doing all of the things you have to do to be to be a maybe not running as much as a pitcher, but jogging mm-hmm. at some point. You gotta you gotta your jog. legs have to be strong. You gotta you gotta run and move a yeah. little bit. Waking up and realizing, oh, this isn't working anymore. This arm thing, just not quite. Don't yeah. have as much. And if you have two of those
2: guys, if you're the Mets. Yeah, you're going to be in trouble. All right, let's get to the Cardinals. Mark Feinstand of MLB.com tweets, Update on Sean Murphy, the A's catcher. It still appears Oakland is close to a trade, but the Braves are not going to be the acquiring team, per source. The Cardinals, Rays, Guardians, and Red Sox are among the teams that have been connected to Murphy in recent weeks. You are not on that uh, sh- that Sean Murphy Fan train, are I, am, you?
3: I am not. I have been on the Wilson Contreras. I am probably the vice president of the of the bandwagon fan club for for Wilson Contreras. Maybe the president at this point in the St. Louis chapter. Uh, I do believe that, and we had Greg Amzinger on <laughs> last week, and he talked about the thing that you have to remember is when you are making a trade, you have to give up something valuable to to another team as it in, in comparison as you do with a with a free agent. You're not mm-hmm. giving anything up that you really uh, uh, want to see. Potentially in the future. So with Wilson him being a free agent, it just gives you an opportunity to go out there and get the catcher that you need and plug him in, plug and play uh, with with Murphy. You're gonna have to give something up. And and I've been saying this. You think it'll be someone like Gorman? I think the conversation starts with with uh, with, with Donovan, uh, with Brendan Donovan. And and that's where if I'm looking for a a player, a position player, an infield, a middle infield, in, middle infielder, it starts with Brendan Donovan and not with Nor- Nolan Gorman. Then you need to find a second baseman. Exactly. Them. So, so do you want to give up a player of Brendan Donovan status, knowing that you're going to get a catcher? But you're, like I said, in trades, you got the, the 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 thing about a trade is both guy, both sides mm-hmm. kind of get screwed in some in some sort. They you give up something, you get something, but you're going to lose something
2: that you really want. And one thing about Nolan Gorman, he's. In the industry, still relatively highly regarded. He was the number—let me double-check here. He was number 36 prospect last year before the season started. And I'm thinking that if you're the A's, Brendan Donovan was—he was regarded reasonably well, but he was never a top 100 prospect Mm -hmm. in baseball. Not that that's something the A's care about. They didn't even get a top 100 prospect in the uh, trade for Matt Olson— or no, Matt Chapman. But I would think that you could wind up with not as much as people are projecting the Cardinals would have to give up to get Sean Murphy. That's my point
5: here.
3: I eh, I, I I think, I don't know. I, I think you start with uh, a gold glove second baseman and, and say that's the guy that I, I feel can, can play multiple positions in the infield if need be. And if I'm going to give up, my catcher that i think is going to be a that, that they are obviously shopping around yeah. they're looking for something in return you know it i think it starts with that conversation and and and, and an arm
2: a pitcher and that, i would think that would be libertor meanwhile there there was a report last week in the dominican that contreras uh met with the cardinals and then he was supposed to meet with the astros as well we don't know where that stands, but the the report was that the Cardinals had what was considered a productive meeting with Wilson Contreras.
3: I think that's the route that they're going. I think that you know there were reports you know during the season that Jose Quintana, uh, him him and him and Quintana were good mm-hmm. friends, and they had spoken about Cardinals. Contreras thought he was going to be traded at the trade deadline, and and you know was not. He was still still there. Uh, it seems to me that that the Cardinals would be a very good fit for. Wilson Contreras staying in the division, um, you know, going against the teams that he's familiar with, and playing in a city like St. Louis. You can't beat that. And there was
2: also a report that the Cardinals were talking to Quintana about coming back. Nothing official there, but that was a report during the weekend that the Cardinals had at least open conversations with Jose Quintana about coming back. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. That's today's Fresh Take here on 101 ESPN. Next up, the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber here on 101 ESPN. You're
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
0: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Curbside. He shoots, the score! With the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. They score! By Randall's, St. Louis's number one liquor store. Visit shoprandalls.com.
2: blues continue their road trip tonight at madison square garden against the rangers it's a five o'clock pregame six o'clock face-off with chris kerber and joey vitale here on 101 espn the blues getting ready to head out for their morning skate and Kerbs joins us now on the brown and croupon celebrity line good morning sir how you doing
4: randy i'm doing well how are you guys today
2: everything's good is there anything that you can tell us to make us feel better about the way things are going with the blues
4: well, it's a game day, so it's always good to know that we get a chance to play again. Got a chance. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a Well, the Rangers, you know, they struggled with some consistency as well this year, Dodd. And so they're they're floating right around 500. So uh, they traded Ryan Reeves. You know, so some of that muscle, some of that extra spark that they had with him is gone. Unfortunately, it's in Minnesota, not here in St. Louis. So um, I, I think that... You know, really, this is just one where the Blues had the day off yesterday, kind of one of those scheduled days off. You're playing a ton of hockey, and they, we're going to get to the morning skate and just see how it goes. Look, the season just it clearly hasn't gone as expected or even as a, as hoped. There is still plenty of time to turn this around and, 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 and to make this a successful season. It's just going to matter. be a matter of whether or not, you know, guys played the right way that they know how to play and and that's it really just comes down
3: to that hey curves you spoke about ryan reeves do the do the blues need a, a ryan reeves type of player on this team right now someone that is just physical and and has no really no other purpose other than causing ruckus and and and, and just being a bully on the ice because they, they don't seem like they have a lot of that in them right now
4: well no, they don't. And no, they don't have that. Yes, they do need that. Uh, they haven't had that element since Pat Maroon left. Um, but it's not just—it's not be the bully on the ice as carry as much as it is just. There's a little extra jam to them, uh, you know. In the locker room, you know, some some vocalness is needed. Somebody to keep things light to pick it up. You know, we've got some some really smart hockey guys and some really really caring guys and some guys that you know, are, are are really intense, but just somebody, you know, Tyler Bozak, for example, did a great job of kind of keeping things light in the room. Jaden Schwartz was amazing when it came, believe it or not, to just kind of keeping things somewhat light and, and you know, and some cracking some jokes and stuff. There's, I think they're missing a little bit of that element in, in a big way. I would have loved to have seen the Blues go after him, but, you know, I don't know if that, if that was even an option. But yeah, they, they need somebody with a little bit of that jam without a doubt in my mind.
2: Curbs the Blues, 4-8 and eight against teams that are currently in a playoff spot, 7-5 and five against non-playoff teams, yet they're in a month where pretty much everybody they play is in a playoff spot. It seems to me that if the Blues are going to make it happen, they need to make it happen relatively quickly.
4: Yeah, I think Doug Armstrong is getting to that uh, critical mass point. You know, he talked about when he met with the media, what, a month or so ago that, you know, like, and, and he's always had this, remember when they traded Paul Stassen, he, he always he always said that the team's going to decide what we have to do, you know, and, and if he just doesn't have the vibe. And I think that maybe more so than before, especially when you consider the fact that you've got, you know, four critical free agents, I think, you know, you unrestricted free agents at the end of this year. I, I think you've got to decide what direction you're going to take this team, and and I think the month of December is going to be uh, the the critical factor in that. And the, and the reason, Randy, is it really comes down to I don't know that missing the playoffs by three points is a good thing for this team. And and I realize that it sound that sounded like just the biggest no statement, but <laughs> I like, know what you're saying. It's, it's not like it's not like you, you haven't it, it, at some point in time. And I don't, think, I, I honestly don't think the team is at this point okay but they, they may force the hand here but but at some point in time you know do you actually because you've got like you've got your defensive core that's still pretty strong and you've got guys under contract for three or four you know years at minimum I mean the the, the, the shortest defensive contract of your top four is Nick Letty you've got the Schwartz, or I'm sorry the, the Thomas deal you've got the the Cairo deal now you've got some other forwards that are under contract you've got some youth coming up and, and at some point in time, you're going, okay, you know, do you continue just to stay competitive with picking 20th, first, you know, 16th, 15th, that kind of thing? And I think Doug Armstrong's going to have to make a competitive decision on whether or not, and I'm not saying tank, but I'm saying whether or not you turn this team over to some of the younger guys and you see where the chips fall. And, um, I think December ends up being the, the, the critical mass moment for him when it comes to that decision.
3: Hey, Curves, what are your, What were your thoughts on Jordan Bennington? He got pulled from the game. Um had some comments about what he thought about what he did. What were your thoughts on, on that whole deal?
4: Yeah, this is an interesting one, Kerry, because essentially what you're talking about is the personality of a guy that's your most important position on the team, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that Jordan's frustration is, is coming out, and when he does that, he wears it on his sleeve, maybe more so than any goaltender we've seen in the NHL. Who knows? Maybe since, you know, Eddie Belfour, Ron Hechtall. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, like, like, I mean, it, it's been a while. And, but I think it's gotten a little over the top. I mean, look, taking the helmet off and saying something to the other bench as, as you're going through, it's just, it, that one, that, that doesn't, uh, I, I agree with Craig, like that, that doesn't help us. But I think Craig is just saying, look, we need everybody. We need the defense. We need the. We need everybody to start doing their job. And for the goalie, your job, especially on the penalty, will stop the puck. And the challenge with that is Jordan can't change who he is, nor do you want him to change who he is. You know, if, if wearing that emotion on your sleeve, if that fire in your belly is what has made him as good as he's been for the Blues, well, you just got to keep it going, but I think you got to keep it in check and back it up with with some saves on the ice,
2: Kerbs. We know you have to leave in a minute, so I'm going to ask this question quickly: Do they miss Jim Montgomery more than we thought they would?
4: Uh, absolutely, they do. Uh, J- Jimmy, of course, is uh, was is clearly a, a terrific head coach, you know. But uh, you, he he took over the penalty kill last year, and look what happened. So I think, without a doubt, whether it's his personality, his his ability to relate to the players as the assistant coach, yeah, I, I think they, I think they do miss him uh, in that role there. But having said that, this is still the same group of guys. This is still you, know, you still have you know pretty much the same coaching staff. This is just about execution, Randy, and getting the job done straight and and playing the right way. And and they just need more guys to buy in to what the coaching staff is telling them. And if they do that, they'll be fine.
2: Curbs will be tuned in tonight. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Have fun in New York.
4: Yeah, sorry, we got to jump early, fellas, but thank you very much, and we'll talk to you tonight. You bet. Take care. That is the
2: Voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber with us on 101 ESPN. And, Kerry, when we come back, um, we've got the fight. Let me give you one quick note here. Okay. Blues have the fourth oldest roster in the NHL, mm-hmm. and the one of the worst things you can be is mediocre and old. And old. And <laughs> so that, that, that's kind of what they're running into. At least the facts right now, the record and the age, that's what would, you'd be led to believe. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, it's The Fight on 101 ESPN. You're
0: back to the opening drive podcast on
1: 101 ESPN.
0: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to The Fight in the Red Corner, Average Joe Listener.
1: Disputed king of Morning Drive, please welcome Randy Carricker.
3: Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. Rock, you you? ready to you, are you ready for the fight? Oh, yeah. I like these questions today. Got, I think there's some fun ones. They, they, there are a few questions here that are going to be challenging. Maybe maybe challenging for Randy. I I think you You did a pretty good job this time. I
6: usually go go fairly topical, but I went off the beaten path a little bit today. A little bit. A little little bit off the beaten path today.
3: Steve is our contestant today. Steve, how are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm doing well. Are you ready for the fight today?
4: As ready as I'm going to be,
3: yeah. (laughs) All right. here we go, Steve. When Ken Stabler won the NFL MVP in 1974, which St. Louis Cardinal finished second behind him? Was it Jim Hart Jim Otis or Terry
6: Metcalf Jim Hart Which conference had the first post-regular season conference championship game played in Division 1A slash FBS football back in 1992 four years before any other conference would join the party Was it the SEC the Big Ten or the Mountain West
4: SEC
3: All right, Steve. When forced to combine for World War II, which franchise did the Pittsburgh Steelers join with? Was it the Baltimore Colts, the Cleveland Rams, or the Philadelphia Eagles? What was the first option again? Baltimore Colts. I'm going with that one, Baltimore.
6: All right, and what was the last World Cup that the United States men's national team advanced past the group of 16, a.k.a. the first round of knockout stages? Was that 2002 1998 or 1994 98. all right Steve we are double checking the scores and we are bringing in Randy Carricker. how you feeling Steve
4: it's a lot different when you're on the phone versus just <laughs> listening <laughs> it, it, it
3: comes <laughs> up it comes up really quick doesn't it
4: yeah, it does. <laughs>
3: Randy is coming back in. He doesn't have anything in his hand, but I, I believe he went well. out, I finished my banana,
2: so I'm uh, good. he's out. He went outside and took care of all of those things. Mike Ryder and then uh, that uh, Chris Convey is back. Know. <laughs> <laughs> that, at the arch. Show. Randy, say <laughs> hello to Steve. <laughs> hey, Steve. Good morning. How you doing? I'm well. Yourself, Randy? I'm doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Thank you.
6: I thought we got his card deactivated. I think get in the building. Oh, I
1: have no idea. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea.
6: Uh, our subterfuge is just not coming to it's not uh, working so right great.
1: now. All right, Randy, you ready, roll?
3: Ready, sir. All right. When Ken Stabler won the NFL MVP in 1974, which St. Louis Cardinal finished second behind him?
2: I would think that it had to be Jim Hart, so I will go with it. Jim Hart, although that was a year that Terry Metcalf set the record for most combined yards. Ever, like m- most yards, uh, you know I'm going to change here. I'm going to go with with Metcalf because that's a pretty good record to have it, and he's still top ten all time. Terry Metcalf is for one season.
6: Which conference had the first ever post-regular season conference championship game played in Division I-A slash FBS football back in 1992, four years before any other conference would join the party? Right.
2: I think Gene Stallings coached Alabama to the national championship that year, and I think they had to win the SEC championship to get to the game. So I will go with the uh, SEC.
3: All right, Randy, when forced to combine for World War World War II, which franchise did the Pittsburgh Steelers join with?
2: Uh, they actually became the Steagles. It's the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Steelers, Eagles, Steagles. There you go.
6: All right, Randy, and what was the last World Cup the United States men's national team advanced past the group of 16, a.k.a. the first round of the knockout stage?
2: And got to the Elite Eight. Uh, I believe it's called The quarterfinals um, Is that the yes. Elite Eight? I,
3: I Final Four? Championship championship game? I think it's called The quarterfinals uh, Sweet 16
6: I'll do the lifeline here Matthew Is it 2002 1998 Or
2: 1994 uh, You know The 2002 squad was pretty
6: good It
2: seems like they got knocked
6: out Did you say 1994? That was option C Yes sir Or option 3 yeah. However you want to say
2: I'm going to go 1994, baby. It seems to me that they were uh, in the Elite Eight in 1994.
6: All right, we have a winner of this fight. Randy Carricker, by the way, on a five-game winning streak Mm. as he took that into the weekend after he fought off a Monday qualifier for the Hall of Fame last week. So does he start out another week with a win, or was Steve able to come in after the weekend and rattle Randy Carricker? ring, That bell. Go
0: crazy, folks! Go crazy! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by mobile on the run. Join the the on-the-run STL Wash Club for a limited-time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today.
6: It appears we may have had a mishap here. Yeah, I, I, I misfired that. My bad. Sorry. You, you said you did two, win you did win you oh. did win but i, 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 win I yeah sorry I misfired the the go crazy folks because oh. you said you said 2002 early in the in the, in your in your answer for the last uh question and so uh-huh. I had it lined oh, was up was two thousand two. it was actually it was 2002 but you said that but, early that and then you yeah. and so I, I I had it lined up so my apologies Randy Character did win by a score of three to one not four to one do you wanna
0: yeah, I'm stop above today
6: There we go. Rand, Randy's really good at picking up on my facial expressions when I get scared that, that something went <laughs> oh, well, well, horribly you horribly wrong I was uh, like yeah, yeah but I, I just realized I fired the wrong side so it was a 3-1 win for Randy Carragher let's go through those answers because he didn't get all of them right so there's one sitting out 0, there number one when Ken Stabler won the NFL MVP in 1974 which St. Louis Cardinal finished second behind him it was in fact Terry Metcalf over 2,000 total yards 718 rushing 377 receiving 340 in punt returns and 623 And kick returns. He also had eight total touchdowns. He finished second that year when he actually broke his own record the next year and had 2,400 yards. Mm -hmm. He finished third in the MVP voting. He
2: was unbelievable. And uh, just uh, plug, go to the the YouTube thing, like type youtube.com. I've done that before. And then uh, type in Terry Metcalf, M E T C A L F highlights. He was Marshall Falk before there was Marshall mm. Falk,
6: except he fumbled a lot. Oh. He did. Well. He had uh, legally 14 period. fumbles that year that he was also second in MVP voting. 14 fumbles, 14 in, fumbles in a year. He fumbled a oh, lot.
3: Oh, there's no way. And he Randy, second in MVP Randy, voting.
6: Randy. He fumbled a lot.
3: There's no way. <laughs> I'm the coach, and he even has an opportunity to be. No, that's how good he was. Hey, Kerry,
6: Carrie, you ready for this one? Kerry, he played in 81 career games. He fumbled it 62 times. Oh, no yeah. way. He had a
2: game where he had five.
1: No, how? It,
3: how? Was, it, was, a deluge. How?
2: it was a deluge on a Monday Brady night in Washington.
3: How. I had a kid fumble twice in a game. He never yep. touched it again. <laughs> He he, he he actually fumbled it three times, but they didn't call the third one the fumble. Mm-hmm. Get get over here. Don't you – you for the rest of the day. Yeah, we'll, he was my starting we'll, running back. We'll you're that, standing we'll, we'll here. That, we'll leave that 200 yards a uh, game on the bench. Oh, he's going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get 200 yards if you give the ball away. Oh, my God. That just did something to yeah, me. Man, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. That was
6: – something happened to Kerry Davis right there. That was the, that was the opposite of Najee oh, Harris' stuff arm right there. Uh, that was number one. <laughs> Terry McHapp was the answer Despite the 15 fumbles, which <laughs> conference had the first post-regular season conference championship game in Division One/FBS football? It was, in fact, S- the SEC. Bama over Florida, 28-21. Right. Four more years until the Big Ten and the Mountain, and actually the uh, the WAC. Excuse me, the uh, the WAC was actually the sec- was the third conference alongside the Big Ten and the SEC to have a conference championship game. In 1996, they joined the they joined the party. When forced to combine for World War II, which franchise the Pittsburgh Steelers joined with? They did, in fact, join with the Philadelphia Eagles. They became the Steagles. They played eight games in Philadelphia and four games in Pittsburgh. And what was the last World Cup? The United States men's national team advanced past the group of 16, a.k.a. the first round of the knockout stages, is the one Randy got wrong. It was, in fact, 2002. They beat Mexico 2-0 despite their heroic win in the match against England in 1994. They actually were eliminated in the round of 16 in that game. In that match. That, that we World owned Cup. England. So they that was a 3 1 win. They yeah, they
2: owned us. <laughs> yeah, 3
6: 1 win. Thank you so much for joining us, Steve, and listening to all our Terry Metcalf stories. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, that was mind blowing to me. I, oh, I, yeah.
2: I am.
3: 62 and <laughs> 81 games they didn't is care about interceptions what? And,
2: and fumbles then. Uh, t- what? Who, was it uh, Joe Namath, I think, had more career oh. interceptions than touchdown passes? They didn't care about turnovers back in the day, they didn't care about winning. Yeah, yeah, I it's kind of about winning it's kind of like the, the same, same thing
6: different way <laughs> go back when it's the same thing when you like you go back and look at like shooting percentages in like mm-hmm. the 60s and 70s NBA it's like they like the 60s and 70s football did not care about turning the ball over the NBA they didn't care about jacking up as many shots as possible and missing a, just an right. unbelievable yeah. amount that, that was i love it as a as a coach that just broke my heart <laughs> jeez
2: <laughs> so guys 25 years ago today the rams were here in St. Louis and uh, my wife was supposed to be induced to have our daughter on December 8th. It was a Friday afternoon, and she was supposed to be induced on Monday. And I'm sitting alone in the Rams locker room over at Rams Park with Mark Rippon, interviewing him as Rams are going to take on the New Orleans Saints that following weekend. And Rick Smith, the Rams PR guy, walks into the locker room, inter- interrupts the interview, and says, hey, uh, Randy, I think there's a phone call you're going to want to take here. Uh, your wife's in labor. So... Uh, I pick up all my stuff, I race home from Rams Park to pick up that bag that you got to get when you're having Mm -hmm. a kid, you know, you got got that baby packed, snowy afternoon, and make my way to Mercy Hospital, where early in the, well, not early, late, 4 o'clock or so, uh, Katie was born. Now, the Rams, as I said, were playing in New Orleans, so I said to my wife, I said, you know, you're probably not going to be doing much with the snow. and. Do you really want me to sit around here when I got to cover a game on Sunday? And she said, "Go." So uh, on Saturday night, I made my way out to New Orleans, covered the Rams. They nicely enough brought me home on their charter uh, that night, so I was able to get back to the hospital on Sunday night. I was I was only gone for twenty four hours, but uh, yeah. So twenty five years ago today, Catherine Foley character was born, and that was one of the most memorable moments of my life. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Katie! Birthday. Happy birthday! Yeah, And Randy, awesome by you. You,
3: you, you're a man of the people. Your family, yeah. story, your fam, your family
6: stories are incredible.
3: Your family
2: loves you. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know if, like, twenty seven or twenty eight hours after the birth of a baby, if you should be out on. Like Canal Street or Bourbon Street, having dinner. Maybe not, but I was. But
0: <laughs> should,
6: is, should is such a such a I, you know, stretch the you word did. out. You did, you did, but it yeah, wasn't. And it, and it, it should, great I, I was Should working. is so malleable. Randy. Go. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. true. I, I was, I was working. So we, there's, there's a lot of things excuse. we shouldn't do, but I mean, come on, life's yeah. short. I'm I'm here for a good time, not a long time. There and by go. the way, one of my
2: all-time favorite Rams, Toby Wright, injured his knee. Mm-hmm that day on December 7th and uh, never played for the Rams again. Just a great guy. One of the all-time great guys. and so I remember being on the field at the end of the game. The game was out of hand. These are the worst. On a bad turf, the game's out of hand. And the guy tears up his name. That that is very frustrating. Yeah, too bad. Uh, So that's my story of the day. Happy birthday, Katie. Coming up, Bonds and Clemens not only didn't make it to the Hall of Fame last night, they're never going to make it. How do we feel about that? Next on 101 ESPN. I'm Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and it is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Fred McGriff elected to Baseball's Hall of Fame last night by the Contemporary Baseball Committee, but both Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were left out, and not only were they left out, Carrie, but of the 16 votes, McGriff got 100%. He got all 16. Don Mattingly got half of them, eight votes, so he didn't get in. You need to get 75, 12 votes to get in. Uh, Kurt Schilling got seven, Dale Murphy got six, and among those that got less than four votes, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Rafael Palmeiro, Albert Bell was the other. But specific to Bonds and Clemens, as far as I'm concerned, this was their last best chance to get into the Hall of Fame. And my anticipation would be that for the future, for the entirety of future, we won't see Bonds and Clemens in the Hall of Fame.
3: Yeah, and and like you said, probably their last opportunity to get in. They they were not written in. They were not voted in in years past. And you know, Randy, I think that it's unfortunate. I you know I I, I understand why some people are so frustrated. To me, if if the the Peds or the the Greenies or whatever it was that was available was readily available to everyone, and these gentlemen. Did it better? We're already Hall of Fame caliber players without it, and then this game, this comes into play, and everyone uh, is game is is elevated, but their game elevates more. Why would you be so upset with them for being better when they were already better? And, and that's the part of it that I don't understand. I mean, even you know, Pete Rose may not be a great. Person, he's done some mm-hmm. questionable things in his in his life, but he's the he's still the the hit king. He he's still the guy that that has you know all those hits. And so, when you're looking at keeping guys out of a distinguished club based on factors that don't pertain to that club's requirements, I think that's strange, and I I don't think that it's fair for those gentlemen.
2: No. A lot of the players, a lot of the people on this panel are Hall of Fame players. Greg Maddox, Jack Morris, Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, Alan Trammell. Plus, executives Paul Beeston, Theo Epstein, Derek Hall, Artie Marino, Kim Ng, Dave St. Peter, and Ken Williams. And then media members Steve Hurt, Lavelle Neal, and Susan Slusser. Uh, Chipper Jones was supposed to be there But he got ill And he was uh, replaced by Derek Hall On the panel One thing that's pretty consistent among the Hall of Fame baseball players Is that they don't want those guys Associated with PEDs In the Hall of Fame And that's understandable I just think it's a little bit disingenuous For us to, to celebrate Some of the guys who Seems pretty clear were using Performance enhancers are And are in the Hall of Fame
3: I I don't know where the line is. (laughs) Where Mm -hmm. do you draw the line? Okay, you did this, but you didn't do that.
2: Like, where is the line in the sand where you say, okay, that's too much. We We don't think you should be in. I wonder if it's the fact that Bonds and Clemens wound up in courtrooms, that they were so strident in their denial that they were willing to go to court. And Clemens actually won in a federal court. I wonder if that is the the part about it is that they did go to the mountaintops and scream that they didn't use PEDs, and rather than just go low key on it, they decided to to fight it. So here's the thing:
3: they 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 denied it, denied, 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 and, and they don't get in. A Rod admitted it. Is he going to get in? He won't get in. So what's the difference? Like well, what's the difference between the two? You can't. You you you're having it both ways. Those men aren't going to get in even though that they admitted it, nor are the ones that, that, yeah, they lied. So the ones that admitted it, they're they not getting in either. So where's the line?
2: There is no line. In, <laughs> in, in, there was a 2003 New York Times report that of, of the players that were tested in random testing to determine whether or not they were going to have performance-enhancing drug tests going forward, that David Ortiz tested positive. And... Nobody ever seems to be bothered by that. So it's basically at least the a, people that are voting. It's a popularity contest. Yeah.
3: It's not about whether or not you use PEDs. It's whether or not I like you. And to me, that is ridiculous because you can vote on someone based on whether you like them or not. Not if they're good for, for, for whatever it is that you, you not if they were good, good players or, or, or did a good job based on if you like them. You don't like Barry Bonds because he is who he is. He, he is a jerk to people at times. And, and, that's how he comes off. And maybe he isn't that way in real life, but that's how he comes off. And so you don't like him, maybe because he said
2: something or did something. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with how many times he hit the ball over the fence, It should not. It shouldn't. (laughs) I'm with you 100%. And by the way, there is a character clause for the Baseball Hall of Fame that doesn't exist for the Football Hall of Fame. The football voters are told explicitly Just vote on what happened between the white lines. That's BS as well. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Terrell Owens
3: is a first ballot Hall of Famer that did not get in until his Mm -hmm. third time because people did not like him. And so to me, when you are, you have to take more pride and more care of what you're doing. If you are voting, it is ridiculous for you to be able to say, hold someone's esteemed career in your hands and say, no, you can't get in because I personally do not like you. And that to me is absolutely, it is ridiculous. You need to have more people on those, on those boards that are doing that voting that are actually have fairness and, and, and not judging someone based off of what they've heard or what they've seen or what someone has said to them and put
2: your feelings aside. But what you've had here now is the writers overwhelmingly and the hall of fame players, overwhelmingly reject these guys. So I don't know, aside from fellow PED users or rational thinkers like us, I don't know who they're going to find as a group to vote on these guys that will put them into the we're, Hall of Fame.
3: We're here, Randy. They can they can they give us a – we'll sign up for this yeah. duty and do the right thing. Because yep. it, to me, if, if I do believe that more former players should be on the the voting boards for for people that get into the Hall of Fame, we are we we watch their careers. some we played against those guys, and to us, I, I don't care if you're a bad if you're a, a mean person, off the field. Now, if you're doing things that that you know, Aaron Hernandez was charged of or mm-hmm. or or, or, or uh, accused of, yeah. Now we gotta now now no sir, but. Other than that, for the most part, if you are if you are a person, you are in your feelings because you couldn't get that story mm-hmm. from that player because he didn't like talking to you. James Harrison wasn't the friendliest person in in locker rooms talking to the media at times and he's in, he, 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 and, and I don't think he'll get in based off of I don't know that he'll get in based off of his career. I think he had a, a hell of a career, but I don't know if it's Hall of Fame worthy but even if he was. The fact that he was not always nice to the media members does not give you the right to say he does not deserve to get in. That is absolutely crazy to me that someone would have that 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 autonomy, that ability to prevent someone from getting in
2: based off of how they feel about them, whether or not they like. them. And I think what we need to have and we won't because it makes too much sense. We need to have a steroid era committee because there was a point in time between roughly 1990 and 2003 where it was a steroid sport. We have we, we had another 60 home run season this year. You've had Maris, you've had Ruth, and you've had Judge. And then th- those three, right? You've had Maguire do it twice, you had Sosa do it three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of those were in the the space of four or five years. And then Bonds in 2001. You, you had six in that period. So why not vote on those guys who were playing on the same level playing field? The Bonds's, the McGuire's, the Sosa's of the world. And by the way, Roger Clemens was playing at that time, too. It was a performance-enhancing, drug-fueled sport. So if the pitcher is on
3: PEDs and the hitter is on PEDs, is it is that not a level playing That's field? That's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, yeah. is it are all things not equal at that point? It, it if neither one of them on, it's the same thing, correct? Right. So I don't understand. I, I just don't. I don't understand how you can prevent someone from from making it to the Hall of Fame based on your feelings about them. And and like you said, the PED era is an entirely
2: mm-hmm. different thing in its
3: own in its in its own self.
2: And if they want on the plaques to put. An asterisk or a comment that Barry Bonds played during the steroid era and is suspected of using performance enhancing drugs. If they want to put that on the plaque. I'm fine with that. Nice event.
6: here it is. Just his plaque's got to be um, um, the skinny version with a pirate hat. Yeah, you
2: can do that. Too. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> we just we just put him as pirate hat. Coming up on 101 ESPN today's big thing. What should we expect from the St. Louis Blues? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're
1: back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
0: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the Opening Drive. It's time for Today's Big Thing.
2: The Blues have lost three games in a row to fall to 11-13-0 on the season. They have 22 points, and that total is five behind Colorado, six behind Minnesota for the final spot in the Central Division. And, Kerry, if you look at the wild card standings right now in the Western Conference, Colorado is at 27, as we mentioned, the Blues at 22. So the Blues have a ways to go if they want to catch up with Colorado for the last playoff spot. Plenty of time left, but the Blues are 4-8 and eight against teams that are in a playoff spot, 7-5 and five against non-playoff teams, and right now, the way the standings are, the only non-playoff team the Blues would play during this month would be the Chicago Blackhawks. What do they need to do moving forward? Here's Coach Craig Berube.
5: We need a lot more guys to uh, step up and play better. You know, uh, we had one line going offensively tonight. Thomas's line created a lot of opportunities. Competed hard. We definitely need more guys to step up, and, and you know, you know, have to help to you know help the team win. And we don't have enough guys right now. We don't have enough guys. That's everybody. You know, everybody's got to step up. Uh, right now, we don't. We're not good. We don't have enough people going in the right direction right now in all areas of the game. All of them. Everybody. It's, it's not good enough. Until, we wanna, until more guys step up and play better and, and uh, we start pulling together as a team, it won't change.
2: Pretty strong comments from the coach. And, Kerry, I remember at the end of the seven-game winning streak, we asked whether or not folks had bought in on the Blues. Even though in that seven-game winning streak, five of the wins were against non-playoff teams, mm-hmm. teams that are, are down in the standings. I, I know what Craig Bruby is saying. But I think it, ultimately, you break it down, we need more guys. He, needs, he says we need more guys to play well. I think they need more guys. I, you need guys that, that you need people to play better, um, to do their
3: job better. But here's the thing. If, if, if you have a team, like I said uh, last week, he's talked about his team not playing heavy enough. If you have a team that is not built or constructed that way, you can't expect people to do something that they are not capable of doing, or something that they have not shown you that they are capable of doing. They, the people are are frustrated at times with Colton Pareko because of his stature, because of what he looks like, because they think he he looks like they remind him, he reminds them of Chris Pronger. He's not. He is who he is. And so, if you build your team in a certain fashion, in a certain manner, you can't. Expect them to be something that they are not, and right now they are not a physical team. They are not a team that, even when hit, will hit back, um, and, and they don't play particularly well <laughs> defensively. Um, and it's 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 it's, it's, it's mind boggling to see it to give up three goals in a period. Uh, was it five of the last six games yep, or five games eight, in a row?
2: Eight times overall, I think. Twelve times overall, 12 I believe. Okay.
3: Twelve or thirteen at this point. That is absolutely.
2: It, it, it's ridiculous. Well, and let's put it in perspective. A winning team generally has a goals against well below three for a game.
3: Yes, and they are sitting last time when we checked it last week. They were at minus. What are they at? They're minus twenty one in 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 goal differential. Like they are not scoring enough, and they're giving up too many goals, and they give up goals in bunches. And so you don't, you can't expect to win games. If you're not taking care of the puck, if you're not getting the puck out of your zone, and if you're not deflecting or or or, or blocking pucks from going into the net, it's just not going to happen. I I, I I don't know if you can win games if you give up more
2: goals than you score. I, I, I don't think that's a possibility, Randy. And here's a troubling aspect to all of this. Even if the Blues are able to move O'Reilly and Tarasenko, who are accounting for $15 million against the cap this year, they've already signed... Thomas and Kyrou to fill in For the cap next year There's not going to be a tremendous amount of cap space Available after the season If you're another team Are you trading for Tory Krug and his minus 20 little fella who's not playing Well not right. doing what the Blues Signed him to do Preco is a minus eleven, and he's either he's injured or he's woefully inconsistent. If you're another team, are he's in the first year of an eight-year deal. Are are you trading for Colton Preco I don't I don't think so. I think the blues right now are kind of locked in with their personnel, and what they're going to need is for young personnel to step up and be a lot better than we thought it was going to be. And that, by the way, is people that might not have the capability of being those guys. Kelly Rosen, you've mentioned him a lot. He might be their him. best defenseman right now,
3: he, and and should be playing more. And yeah. so here is the problem: when you have a guy like Kelly Rosen, who is a is a guy that has been bouncing around, trying to find his way into a, onto a team and stick into the league, you you don't value that that person in the same way you would value a Colton Pareco because you feel like, well, this guy has done this. This guy was drafted here. This guy has been here for this for X number of years. If you put those, if you put up the blind numbers and didn't know who was who, you would take Callie Rosen and what he's done this season in comparison to any of the other defensemen. And so therefore, if you're Craig Berube, you have to allow him to play more because when he's on the ice, he stands out. He sticks out. He's showing his ability to to deflect pucks and get in the way and, and not and get the puck out of the zone. So for me, at some point you have to make a decision, is this going to be, we're going to play the guys based on You know, uh, uh, how much money they're making, how long they've been here, their tenure, Mm or are we going to play the guys that are going to help us win games? And if I'm a coach, I want to win. I don't care who it is that helps me win the game. I'm going to play the best players on the the field, Mm -hmm. on the ice, and those guys are going to be the ones that play.
2: And as an athlete, you know about the age of 30, and maybe it's a little beyond 30 now with conditioning and with nutrition and sleep and all that we know. But usually 30 is the time that an athlete, especially one that's been playing for a long time, starts to fall off a little bit or a lot. Acharya is 31. He's been fine. Krug is 31. Letty is 31. O'Reilly is 31. Pitlick is 31. Shen is 31, Tarasenko is 31, and then you have Falk and Saad both at 30, and that's part of what adds up to your team being the fourth oldest in the National Hockey League. And you have guys, right or wrong, they are on the other side. They're, they're on the back nine of their careers now.
3: Well, I, 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 for me, 30 and 31 is not the, the, the mark. For me, it's 35, 36, where, where it depends on the sport. Uh, football yes 30 well I guess football and mm-hmm. hockey are are, are similar mm-hmm. so around 30 31 where you start to say, okay guys have to they either are 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 on the on the decline or or they're they're still ascending and right now a lot of the players on this team, I don't know if they're declining in in their play or their ability, but their cohesiveness is definitely declining and they are not a team that when you are watching them play, They don't strike fear into the opponent. They don't have anyone that you say, okay, this is the guy we have to keep an eye on, or this is the guy that I know is going to give, you know, extra effort or more than, than, than everyone else. So I'm, I'm watching this team play is at times infuriating because I, as I've said, I I like physicality. I like people that Mm -hmm. if you do get hit, I don't, I don't necessarily need you to be the aggressor, but don't get bullied. Don't get hit and not hit back. And, you know, there are times in the in the games where people are getting hit and they're not hitting back and they're not both literally and 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 uh metaphorically, they're not doing mm-hmm. either one. They're not hitting back uh at all.
2: The Blues at New York against the Rangers tonight, five o'clock with the pregame, Alex Ferrario and Joe Vitale, and then Joey will join Chris Kerber for the call for you at six o'clock. Coming up, Mizzou getting ready for the Gasparilla bowl. We're gonna find out if Eli Drinkwitz knows what Gasparilla is. Next, when the Mizzou coach joins us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
0: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: With Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. The Mizzou football team ready to take on Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl, December 23rd, and that's a 5.30 start, St. Louis time. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and the head coach of your Missouri Tigers, Eli Drinkwitz, kind enough to join us. Eli, how are you doing this morning?
7: Man, I am busy as all get-out, just to be honest with you. I'm fixing to head to the airport, flying down to Houston today, so... Got a lot of things going, but man, anytime a Super Bowl champ Randy Character reach out and say, "Hey, can we get you on the show?" I drop everything. You're the
2: best. (laughs) Hey, let's start with this. Do you know what Gasparilla is? No, no idea. Okay, (laughs) Gasparilla is uh, it it was a guy actually in in Tampa. He was a pirate in Tampa, and this uh, bowl is to honor his memory.
7: Well. I mean, they probably should have got the the, uh, the, the Pirate, Coach Leak, but I'll do the best I can in his honor <laughs> to make sure it happens. Uh, now nah, it's it's awesome. I love Tampa. Tampa's honestly one of my favorite cities. Uh, and, uh, man, I'm really excited to be able to go. Uh, it's just a great place, and uh, it's a great matchup. Get a chance to play an a- a- uh, ACC team and have a lot of respect for Dave Clawson and what they do. So uh, it, it, it's a great matchup. It's a great opportunity and, and uh, really, good, really excited about it, to be honest.
3: Hey, Coach, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this, but there was a report last week uh, that Mizzou did not want to play Kansas in a bowl game. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that, and, and is there any truth to that?
7: Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't know if, if a team who hasn't participated in a bowl game for the last 12 or 13 years doesn't quite know how the, the bowl selections work. <laughs> uh not sure if you could figure out where that report came from when the guy who broke the news, uh, also broke the news, that Kansas was playing Hawaii in a matchup, which is, you know, they were so confident they were going to make bowl games. They had the Hawaii, bowl, uh, Hawaii game as their bowl game. Uh, you know, so I, I don't really care, to be honest with you. Uh, what, what's that saying, Lions don't – Give, care about the opinions of sheep, like or Jayhawks, like don't be honest. To be honest. We play on the
0: twenty
7: fifth. We play in the year twenty five in Perot Field, and we'll see them there. And all these people that are taking shots at me on Twitter, buy your tickets. Say what you want, buy your tickets. We'll see you here on the, in, in twenty five. Um, but I mean, we, we play in the SEC. We play in the SEC. Yep, we play the number one team in the country. You think I was worried about playing a team that's lost six in a row? <laughs> Yeah. Good, good point Eli <laughs> hey
2: you had a chance as offensive coordinator at NC State to go against Dave Klaassen teams at Wake Forest and I know that was a big rivalry for NC State what are we going to see from Wake Forest
7: well you're going to see a very solid football team you're going to see a, one of the t- premier quarterbacks in the country and Sam Hartman does an excellent job of running their offense Warren Rosario their offensive coordinator uh, does a tremendous job uh, of putting his players in the best position possible, being successful, got a lot of respect for Dave and how he goes about his, uh, uh, pro- dealing with his program. And, and, um, you know, it's going to be a really good matchup. They're, they're a very solid football team. I mean, they took, uh, the ACC champions to overtime and, uh, so it, it'll be a it'll be a tough matchup for sure.
3: Hey, coach, you all got a big commitment yesterday from uh, Marvin Burks, the uh, safety from Cardinal Ritter here in St. Louis, uh, flipping his commitment from Ole Miss to to Mizzou. How how big of a commitment was that for you all uh, yesterday?
7: Yeah, I, I can't comment specifically on any recruits um, until after <laughs> signing day. Um, so you know that that's the only thing I'd say about that. But but I say this: we're very excited about our our recruiting class, and recruiting never stops. And so uh, anytime we can recruit in-state players, we, we always want to do that.
3: Hey, Coach, well, speaking of, of recruiting your players, how, how hard is it right now with um, the transfer portal and, and trying to keep your players that you do have in-house uh, and, and transitioning, you know, during this whole time, December 5th is the day where it opened. How, does, how hard is that for you all at times?
7: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's very interesting. I think I was a little bit um, um, not nervous but unsure when this thing started. Um, but you know, now the more it's opened up and it, I mean, I think yesterday we saw there was, there's already over 2000 players in the portal. I think we anticipate there's probably going to be another thousand to 1500 put <laughs> into the portal. And I, you know, there's a lot of things I studied in college, but one of them that I thought was fascinating is supply and demand. When supply is high, demand is low and demand is high, supply is low. And so it'll be interesting how supply and demand affects this portal. Um, specifically on how coaches approach what their needs are, balanced with what the uh, ability to go get is. I I think it's going to be a little bit difficult on high school uh, players, honestly. I think you're noticing right now that in the past we would all sign you know, roughly 22 to 25 high school players. I don't see that trend continuing. Um, I think we're going to be signing more transfers, more and more transfers. So it'll be interesting to see how the high school player – uh, and coaches react to this situation where there's not as many opportunities for those, but those guys. And again, you know, you know, I, I would wonder what the NCAA um, is. Are, is this about scholarship opportunities? And if it is, do we want to get back to that? Or is this about just giving our players the ability and, and coaches the ability to, to sign um, the best football players you know, so what model are we trying to create, I guess, is the question I'm asking. But right now, I'm going to use it to the best of our <laughs> advantage for Mizzou football, and uh, that's what we're doing right now.
2: Eli, we don't want this to be completely about the transfer portal, but I, I have two quick ones. Number one, any concern about the ability to to field a competitive team against Wake Forest? Because that's something that a lot of people have brought up, is it? hey, teams won't even be able to play in bowl games because they won't have enough players. Any concerns there?
7: I mean, those are concerns. I think there's, there's obviously not only are you, you, you got issues with, um, you know, players transferring, but you also have seniors who, who don't really want to continue uh, to play because they have the ability to put themselves at the next level. And they've already put enough good tape out there that, that the risk is not worth the reward. So it'll be a balancing act. Um, but it's not going to be unique to us. I think every team we play is going to be balancing those same questions. You know, bowl games are a great opportunity for us to, um, continue to develop our team, um, and to continue to improve. And that, that really, for me, is what it's about. and That's the challenge that we, we're tasked with. And and so I'm excited that we will build a very competitive team. we got a lot of guys that, that want to be a bowl champion. And so I'm excited to really take that challenge on head on. And then
2: one other Transfer Portal question. Uh, Carrie grew up with Carl Reed, who you know, former DeSmet and Luther North coach. And we had Carl on last week, and I said, how many, what percentage of Players in the transfer portal, do you think are real difference makers? And he said maybe fifteen to twenty percent. Is that number in your mind? Is that is that a pretty close to accurate number? The guys that the the what thirty five hundred that wind up, maybe fifteen percent, twenty percent could be real difference makers.
7: Um, I mean, I think it's all about finding the right fit for your program. You know, I don't know that. When we signed the guys out of the portal last year, there was a lot of people that said, oh, gosh, that guy's going to be a difference maker. But when you look at what D.J. Coleman did for us, Christian Williams did for us, Jaden Jernigan did for us, Josh Landry did for us, Tyron Hopper did for us, um, or even Joseph Charleston did for us, Ray Norwood did for us. I think it's all about finding the right fit for your team and do those guys buy into the opportunity that you're giving them. And if they do, I think everybody's going to have an opportunity to create um, you know, value and an impact.
2: Hey, uh, one last thing from me, Eli, and we know you're busy, so we appreciate your time, and I know Kerry has another one for you. Man, you lost some close games this year. Were there things that you looked at from a coaching standpoint and, and you say, okay, as I look at the 2023, those are things we can fix in those close games to get us to 8-4, and 9-3 and three next year?
7: Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things that we have to do better. I think it's about being consistent and holding these players and our team and our staff to the standards that we set. When you look at inconsistencies and penalties, you got to ask yourself, are you putting enough emphasis on those? When you look back to some of the critical games that we lost by one possession or less, whether it was, um, you know, jumping off sides on first and goal from the one-yard line versus Georgia or jumping off sides on a field goal in overtime that they missed, you know, those are plays that are disciplined plays. So how, as a coach, do I improve? on the discipline that we're teaching, you know, um, schematically, what are some things that we can do, um, to be better. If you look at, you know, against Georgia, um, you know, two touchdowns in the red area, if we hold either one of those to field goals, it's a different ball game that we win. Um, or if we score instead of kicking five field goals, it's a different ball game and we win. Um, and and it's really the same thing against Auburn, you know, two red zone opportunities and we gave up touchdowns. So, You know, how do we improve in the red zone, both schematically and emphasis-wise, on both sides of the ball? So absolutely, I I think if you're a coach worth your salt, you're always looking for an edge, and it's always about what you can do to improve the product and the team that you have, Um, and that's what we're trying to do. Hey
3: coach, I'm, I'm obviously in Illini and I look at the loss we had against Michigan uh, and how tough and how close that was. And now they're in the, they're playing in the final four. When you look at that loss against Georgia, does it give you all confidence to know that you all are right there and, and what, you know, what can potentially be for this bowl team in the future and and for next season in the future?
7: Um, I don't know if it gives you confidence. I think it gives you a glimpse into what you believe you can be and what you can accomplish. And, how hard we work to get that. And we just got a lot more work to do in order to attain it.
2: Coach, always good to hear your voice. Good luck in Tampa. Enjoy that trip. Have a Merry Christmas, you and your family. And uh, I guess you're going to Houston to do some recruiting, huh? Yes, sir. All right. Go get that guy or guys. And we'll talk to you soon. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Uh, it is Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach, know. and he, uh, Kerry just shakes his head. No, he says, "I can't, can't, <laughs> I can't do say it, that. can't do it." Uh, that's the head coach I love of your Drink, Tigers. Though. He's a good guy. Is Drink a good is a guy. very
3: good guy, like good dude, good coach. I, I, I love the the answer for the the KU. Uh, <laughs> I will call it a rivalry now, Rock, because he he definitely got it going and, Thanks, and is gonna gonna get it going. <laughs>
6: we just got, we just gotta get like a recording of, uh, of your daughter like screaming Z-O-U. So we, oh, just, no. we, have, a, so we have a Davis family member jump a, in on this a,
3: Z-O-U channel. I think she will I mean, do I think it, so. But I, I will not participate
2: ever. <laughs> <laughs> I pay tuition, man. <laughs>
1: so That's all you get that's from it. me, Mizzou. That's the biggest Z-O-U you <laughs> can do.
2: <laughs> Rock and roll coming your way on one one ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
0: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: Let's rock. Let's rock today.
2: Before we get started with rock and roll, ReliaQuest is a cybersecurity company. Oh, learn something new every day. Why rely a quest? Increase visibility, decrease complexity, reduce risk. I'm on their website right now.
3: So therefore, you can that that, that I guess you could use that if you are an Illinois or a Mississippi State Bulldog. I would think so. Yeah, it might help you in some form or fashion. Carry. Not like not like outback. Uh, what's the what's the thing that they give you? Onion ring for oh, the, uh, um, the
2: what is it that what is that thing called? B- blooming onion. Blooming
3: onion. Mm. It's not like that. Those but are
2: great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really good. But with uh, <laughs> with with Reliquest gray matter platform capabilities, you can operationalize your security investments and ensure teams focus on the right problems. So, there you mm, go. Very, that's Reliquest. good. A lot I of guess. college students interested in that.
6: What, what, which, one, which one did we replace again? The Outback Bowl? The Outback Bowl. Yeah. and Onion. Way yeah, better. see, that just, I mean, I just I mean, I knew what that was. You sit that you see, on your back, table. I, know, I, know, I, I got a picture in my head you, what's going yeah, on here. Yeah, you know. That is a little disappointing, I'll be yeah, honest with very. you guys. It is. Well, you know what was fun over the weekend, a lot of good things? Well, one good thing was seeing a local kid get onto the field for the Detroit Lions. I, I actually absolutely love this. Jamison Williams, the first-round pick out of Alabama, maybe the fastest player out of this last year's draft, was obviously not playing because of an injury. Well, he is finally back, and he played for the Detroit Lions. Here's Dan Campbell on playing his stud rookie wide receiver.
5: Yeah, it it was, honestly, today was about just getting his legs under him, literally go through pregame, be on the sidelines, you got your your pads on, man, run into a huddle, run out, line up, you know, just um, wrestle with somebody one-on-one a little bit, Um, and and it was really that, more just to to get him somewhat acclimated, very much like we did uh, Jerry Jacobs in Dallas, you know, that's really what this was, and... uh, We'll get. He's going to get a little bit more next week. But that's. This was just a primer for him. Let's just get his legs under him. You know, get a so he can get a feel. I mean, it's the first NFL game, and so we, we, we're good.
6: And he did. It was a very limited snap count. Also, it wasn't in didn't that. Give thi- me any fantasy points. No, he didn't. He got. He got just oh. one target. Also, I thought it was interesting. It wasn't in that clip. But there was reported before the game that if he was healthy, they were going to use Jameson Williams as a gunner on the punt team. Yeah. No. It actually was confirmed that they were planning to do that. Dan Campbell said they were going to do it. They didn't punt yesterday. Ah. And so that's why Jameson Williams wasn't used, but the actual plan was to use him as a gunner. So we're very happy he's back. Obviously, we're very excited, but I think the big question here is, Carrie kind of honed in on it here, should the Lions, when he's even healthier, and they do actually have to punt, use Jameson Williams as a gunner? Nah. No chance. No. No need. I mean, no using to Gunners. I played played every special
3: teams, and, and... don't know that I saw any uh, many many starting receivers other than maybe punt return or kick return. On on those special teams, better yep. better or worse or, or idea. Or starting running backs, mostly linebackers. Special teams is full of
6: DBs, linebackers, and fullbacks. Like myself, he was a great gunner in college, but like you said, it is odd. Randy character, the little Rams special, bigger or or smaller miss than Robert Quinn on the on the punt block team.
2: Um, yeah, that would be much bigger. <laughs>
6: putting him out there, yeah. especially, I mean, listen, it was a knee injury. The guy's fast, right. and obviously he can be an asset. He, again, he was a great gunner in college, but I love what yeah. Dan Campbell's doing, and I get maybe this is part of the ethos, you know, bite kneecaps, having your first-round pick go out there and make a play on the on special teams, but it just seems a little ill-advised to actually dive, dive in completely that way. Yeah, no. I, I would say if he does get an expanded snaps, or as he does get expanded snaps, we maybe pull back on that whole special teams
3: play. They, yeah. they are going to be... They, they're going to be a trouble. They're going to be a problem for, for teams here in the near future. Yes, oh, yeah. They are that offense, they, they offensively, man, they, they, they do some special things. Amon Ross St. Brown is is a special receiver. He is automatic. And and if you can couple him with a Jamison Williams, a guy that really – I mean, you're going to have trouble trying to – you can't guard him now. And if Jamison is there to take the top off the coverage, that underneath route, you know, mid-10, 12-yard routes, digs and, and things of that nature – it's going to be a problem for, for opposing defenses.
6: My boy, one of the best running back names ever. DeAndre Swift is back. He is back. the Detroit back. Lions. And so, I mean, come on. If your name's Swift and you're built like 5'9", 220, yeah, I'm sorry. Just God intended you to be the, be a running back. That's you, you, just the fact of the matter.
3: You got to take your hat off to their, their scouting staff and, and the guys that they're They're going after and getting. They're doing a really good job. Kirby Joseph out of Illinois is playing, starting that safety for him. He's a rookie. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson is starting at defensive end. You got Jameson Williams coming back. It's going to be – they're going to be a really, really good football team.
2: I'm intrigued to see what they do in the draft, if yeah. they, especially if they keep both of both their first runners because they have a pretty substantial amount of depth now. They they actually have a really good team.
6: And also, <coughs> we were really excited about the Deion Sanders news. I loved this clip when he was running down the roster of the uh, the Sanders boys in his press conference the other day. Son, junior stand up.
8: Uh, yeah. He does all our social media, so all the stuff you've been seeing—that's that, him. The profanity is him as well. Where's
3: <laughs> where's uh, where Shador? Shador, and this is your quarterback. All right?
2: He's gonna have to
1: earn it. Don't believe that. He's, he's gonna have to earn it.
2: Yeah, the quarterback's gonna have to earn it. The safety made me mad, so I didn't bring him.
1: His his brother.
2: He's in my doghouse right
6: now. <laughs> so, our thoughts on a couple of things here: our thoughts on Deion Sanders naming the starting quarterback and saying, "But he's got to work for it," and then the thoughts on maybe throwing the other, the defensive back son who plays for South Carolina, throwing him under the bus a little bit here. Thoughts on Deion Sanders in the first press conference. I, I love
3: it. I-, I love it. I think it is. Um... His honesty is is the one thing that that most coaches and players need. I mean coaches being honest, telling you the truth, you know some of my, my favorite coaches are coaches that did not lie to me. They told me the truth, they told me exactly what it was. And as a man, you have to learn to deal with it even if it's something you don't want to hear. Uh, and, and because that's life. As an adult, you have to learn that some things don't always go the mm-hmm. way that you want them to. Dion is going to be honest. he's going to be open. he's going to tell you the truth. If you don't like the truth. Then change what you're doing, so the truth is 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 a different truth that you hear. And so
2: i, I am I am excited about what he said and about what he's going to do. It'll be fun to watch and watch that unfold. That is Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. Hey, you can join in the holiday spirit by supporting this year's 12 Days of T-Shirts campaign hosted by The Fast Lane and 101 ESPN. Donate at least $25 online now through this coming Monday, December 12th, to support the Little Bit Foundation. You'll receive your choice of either a Rivers or Thompson 101 jersey as a gift for your donation. Make your donation now during The Fast Lane's 12 Days of T-Shirts campaign at 101ESPN.com. The 12 Days T shirts powered by McBride Homes. And coming up next, year on 101 ESPN. Oh, I'm
6: sorry. That was supposed to be at the end of that. They just hit, hit $2,000 raised. Oh, Mike we just hit $2,000 raised. $2, raised. <laughs> That's good to hear. I, I, I don't blame you. I don't know what that yeah, said either. <laughs> hey, coming up, we're going to give you Cardinal
2: tickets from the opening drive here on 101 ESPN. This year's Cardinal Winter Warm-Up takes place January 14th through 16th at Bush Stadium and Ballpark Village. And you can get tickets by going to cardinals.com slash WWU, cardinals.com slash Winter Warm-Up, WWU. If you want to get tickets January 14th through 16th, Cardinals Winter Warm-Up this year is at Ballpark Village and at Bush Stadium. And each day this week, 101 ESPN has your chance to score a Cardinals Holiday Ticket Pack. Today's winner will receive a 5 game Friday pack for the St. Louis Cardinals 2023 season. So, you get to go on Fridays. It features a pair of tickets for five Friday night Cardinal games including showdowns with the Yankees, Dodgers, and more. Cardinals Holiday Ticket Pack started just $54 and they're on sale now including the Friday pack at cardinals.com/holiday. You can win that Cardinal Holiday Ticket Pack now by answering this question and texting into 65780 before Yadier Molina who was the last Cardinal catcher to play in more than 100 games in a season? Before you out Molina, who was the last Cardinal catcher to play more than 100 games in a season? Texter number 44 gets the five-game pack for the Cardinals coming up this year. And again, if you'd like to get a Friday pack or a Cardinal holiday pack, just go to cardinals.com slash holiday. Take a look at our over-under this weekend, shall we? Hmm. Okay, uh, Utah-USC, uh, the over-under there was 71. Uh, no, the over-under there was 67, actually. They went over by scoring 71 between them. Kerry and Matthew both said over, I said under, so we were, I was wrong. You guys were right. The K-State-TCU over-under was 62. Those two co- teams combined for 59 points. We all took the under.
6: We all came out on top.
2: Got to feel good about uh, that. Ah,
6: well, that Big Twelve, we finally beat you. Got a yeah. little, got a little hairy there with the overtime. We finally sure beat them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> LSU Georgia, the over under was fifty two. They combined to score eighty. The final score was fifty to thirty. Whew. George, so
3: Georgia almost got that by, by themselves. themselves. Yeah.
2: Carrie <laughs> had taken the over. Randy and Matthew took the under. So Kerry all of a sudden, is three and zero in these college games. Purdue and Michigan, the over under was fifty two. They combined for sixty five. Kerry... Took the under in that game Matthew took the under in that game I I think I might have scored that one wrong Yep. I took the over in that game so I got it right so let's uh, and and then we got a college one Caleb Williams to score the first touchdown he did not it was plus 700 both Kerry and Matthew took no I took yes so uh, Matthew wound up going three and two in college right Mm -hmm. Kerry wound up going four and one and I wound up going two and three
6: You'd be down for 4-1 and one on the sheet. Yeah, but you he didn't
2: I changed, it, oh, man, I changed it, though. I changed it. My it's 3-2. Yeah. All right. Uh, to the NFL. The over-under for the Jets-Vikings was 49, or 44.5. They scored 49 between them. We all took the over. We all got that one right. The Commanders-Giants over-under was 40.5. The game wound up in a 20-20 tie. Is that,
3: that's the game where I said, didn't I say that? You called Vegas special. Yeah, yep. I, I said it was going to be something like that, and I, that's why I went under.
2: <laughs> yep, and you got it right. We both took over, and so Kerry got that one right. And all of a sudden, Kerry's 6-1 and one here. Hey. Pretty impressive. Hey. Seahawks-Rams, the over-under was 41. We all hey. took the under, and they combined to score 50. Nice. We figured that the Rams wouldn't get close to being able to get this game over 41 and they did to their credit, but Seattle scores late, and we all missed that one. Shout out to Geno Smith. Geno Smith wow. and John Wolford, man. Yeah. It's a, there's nothing wrong with the uh, Rams having a quarterback wearing number 13, is there?
6: <laughs> I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: And then the chiefs Spangles over-under was 53. They only combined for 51. They went under. I had the under in that game. Both Kerry and Matthew took the over. Yeah. And then Miami's Jeff Wilson to score. We all said he would. He came close, but did not. He was plus 130, and so we all got that one wrong. So, if I get Kerry, or uh, let's see, Matthew,
6: I had at... Uh, Do not follow uh, my NFL picks, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. And one six. and four. Right. One and four on my NFL picks, which brings yeah. me down to a total of... Four and six. Four and six. <laughs> four My and six. Great. It's only the second time this year I've got it. I've had a losing record, and that includes the time I actually put money on these in Vegas. I oh. won.
2: I went four and six as well, and Kerry Davis went six and four.
3: I'm I'm standing above, you know, stand just barely head above water. Congratulations. Week in and week out. Hope the I'll, NFL games are are the killer. I hope
6: Alvin Kamara gets zero yards tonight. <laughs> That's rude and disrespectful, sir. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm going. I'm, going, I'm going against him. It's, uh, it's entirely self. It's entirely a self infirming prophecy here. Clearly, just, just always talking about myself. My bad. I'm a little selfish today. <laughs> okay, get over it.
2: So, with the winter meeting starting, I would think that pretty much every Cardinal fan wants the Cardinals to move quickly. We don't want. Things to simmer until Wednesday, the last day of the meetings. If the Cardinals are going to do something, do you guys want it today? I, Randy, when did free agency start? Uh, five days after the World Series.
3: I wanted it. To, I wanted it then. So yes, today is good. I mean, five days after the World Series would have been better. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how free agency works in other sports. But I am. Uh, I definitely hope that you know a catcher is is. A catch a deal for a catcher is done. They will get a catcher and and hopefully it's done before they break. Mm-hmm. And then I'm hoping I, I, I am hoping for a a left-handed center fielder. named Cody Bellinger.
2: that'd be fun. That'd be my hey tip. if Mike if Matt Holiday can fix that guy, Matt Holiday was working with Bellinger at Oklahoma State. Just saying it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, Post, so nothing is done you know without intent Uh,
3: they could have had that workout session and no one knew about it yep but they posted it they had video you know there there are things that that happen that we find out about and and maybe that's a maybe that's a sign that one cody bellinger could be you know running around in center field
2: let's look at it from another perspective though matt holiday and jackson holiday who was also working out at Mm -hmm. that workout both Scott Boris clients, along with Cody Bellinger, if you're Scott Boris and you want other teams to up the ante a little bit, you put out a video that says, hey, Cardinals are interested. He's working with the Cardinals hitting coach. That that, that as well. Yeah. Yeah, but makes sense. I'm with you. I, I Even though the guy has, is not, has not been over the last two years what he was early in his career, apparently everything goes back to the shoulder and the, uh, the disastrous high five that caused the shoulder injury. And If that guy is strong and healthy, and back to what he was in his first three years, two of those spent with Cardinal hitting coach Turner Ward, and now that Matt Holiday has his hands on him, I want that guy on the team too. Sounds like a
3: plan. Sounds like a good plan to me. I I don't know. I I think they do come out of there with a catcher at least, and we've heard they're not going after a shortstop. Greg Mm Amsinger seems to think otherwise, but we we have belief that there will not be a shortstop taken in free agency. So, you know. Catcher, center fielder, maybe a pitcher, maybe maybe mm-hmm. the pitcher that you had last year that you know should have stayed in the game.
2: I don't know. Yeah, would have been good. From the <laughs> six one eight. Three words that don't go together: move quickly and Moseylock. Um, one of Mo's phrases words? is "be patient." They had didn't they have a T-shirt that said "be patient"? I is think the fast had a "be patient" T-shirt. Is that four words? Move quickly well, and, and then Yeah, well, move quickly. Mo. Oh. So, and okay. was just kind of in there.
3: Okay. I'm just asking. I, I
6: like when people do that I always find that interesting. But just hey. be careful what you wish for. Everyone's saying, Hey, we we just want some kind of move. Well, I I'm sure you're gonna love it when they sign the thirty three year old relief pitcher who will have six appearances. Luke Gregerson first. <sighs> and then in a month and a half we actually get the real move in mid December when inevitably we're like on vacation for Christmas or something like that. Because that's just how that's just how baseball that's just how the baseball offseason is. Just now. how baseball Last goes. year, last year was <laughs> exacerbated because of the lockout. But I think people forget that the year before the lockout was one of the worst free agencies I've ever seen across any sport. When everyone was just like, you know what, we're just not going to sign anyone until the spring, and we'll just make everyone bite the bullet on having to take seven million dollars less because we do not want to spend that kind of money as the teams. Right. And and it's, it, this is the third year where it's kind of a joke. Again, this isn't going to be COVID level or it's not going to be 2019 level where they waited until March to do anything it seemed like, but... It is annoying, and we talk a lot about baseball's lack of star power. Well, one of the reasons you have a lack of star power is because the moment when everyone's watching because they want to see who their team might sign, you don't have the big signings that are flashing in front of you. You don't have the the big, you know, Albert Hainsworth just signed this contract, and now every football fan, despite not caring about that the Washington was... Co- Redskins or the Tennessee Titans, now they know who Albert Hainsworth is because of this big free agency splash. That wasn't a good contract. It was a terrible contract, <laughs> but now I, I, I'll never forget the guy's freaking name because he signed a huge contract right. day one of free agency that they Talked about incessantly for an entire day yeah. on Sports Center.
2: I don't know why baseball. I don't know why baseball players wouldn't want a salary floor, and I don't know why baseball owners so quickly were willing to agree with the players that there shouldn't be a salary cap. Because if there were a salary cap, like in every other sport, then free agency would happen quicker. It would, because they wouldn't. They would want to get to their guys before. Get to, get to their did. guys, and players want to get that yeah. money before yeah. it's all used up. Blues at the Rangers tonight, and then tomorrow night they're at the Islanders. Our confidence level in the Blues after the 6-2 loss to Pittsburgh on Saturday night. On a scale of 1 to 10? Yes. 4. 4 is a good number. <laughs> oh, is it? I was going to go 3. Uh, okay. <laughs> I just—this uh, the, 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 uh, is not a personal thing. I like the guys— I just don't like this team a lot. I don't like the way this team is constructed from a hockey perspective. And Doug Armstrong has been brilliant as the Blues general manager ever since he took over. I think he had an off year. Uh, so it's no no fixing it
3: this year. No. There are there are some trades to be made and some draft picks
5: or some players to come back, I think they need to revamp. Not
6: rebuild, but revamp. I'll let people who know the game of, of, of winning in hockey say a little bit better than me.
5: Right now, we don't, we're don't. we not good. Until more guys step up and play better, we start pulling together as a team, it won't change. Right now, we won't, we're not, not, not good. Until more guys...
6: Yeah, yeah. it's not a combination great. of those two things. They're not good, they're not great, it, it is what it is. This, this team has to have a complete makeover in their mentality and that's the frustrating part because we can talk about defensive zone and them changing from a man to a zone and those kind of things. The bottom line is there there doesn't seem to be the the, the buy into the same level that we've seen prior.
2: And maybe it's just a matter of the players buying in and giving their best, and their best just isn't enough anymore. That Ugh. has happened in sports
6: before. You you
3: said that when they lost to the Phillies, mm-hmm. the Phillies, to the Flyers, yeah. that you thought that that was the best that they
2: could play. That might be it. It's a long, It's going to be a long season. It could be. Yeah. Uh, great job today by our producer-engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. CD? Thank you, sir. You Greatly bet. appreciate it. And thanks to Eli Drinkwitz for joining us. You can hear that interview and everything else we did today on our podcast, brought to you by Dobbs, Tyron Auto Centers, and, of course, um, ESPN 101ESPN.com and the 101ESPN app. We have a balloon party coming up with Mac and Ajax. By the way, two days, are we going along tomorrow? Tomorrow and Friday Friday. we go to 11 o'clock so you can enjoy more great, fantastic, spectacular, unbelievable opening drive coverage. Maybe I'll just break down football plays for an entire hour. We we might do that. (laughs) But we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us. Until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis.
1: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com.
0: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
8: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at bidonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at bidonline as well. And don't forget, Online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Online where the game starts.
0: Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa.